the University of Nebraska's drone journalism experiment. What? Adam Curry, John C. Devorak. It's Thursday, June 21st, 2012. It's time for your Gitmo Nation media assassination episode 419er. This is no agenda. Suffering from my hysteronics personality disorder here at Camp Mofo in the capital of the Drone Star State. Austin Tejas in the morning, everybody. I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I apparently can't tweet anymore because Twitter is down for good, I'm John C. <laughs> it's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. I worry so much that they turn on that scramble ray on your brain uh, during the opening and you just be like, eh, bah, 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 bah. Curiously, <laughs> that you, now that you mention it. Don't tell me we have a, that we both have the same clip. I have that clip, but I have that clip with a follow-up. Ooh, uh, shall I play the local, uh, since this was a Rangers game, the local uh, Texas news report about Dave Barnett? Uh, yes, is that a scramble brain? I think scramble we, you know, brain. We should, let's give a little background to our audience about this. Yeah, we discussed this months and months ago, and you had some theory about it. It's like there's some is something there. Yeah, the some theory is they're, they're yeah, setting out no, they're, to scramble yeah, the brains. Testing, of these they're testing on it. TV. Yeah, they're testing it with idiots on TV to scramble their brains so we can use this to control leaders' speech. All right, play your clip. <laughs> Dave Barnett has been a play-by-play announcer for decades. But the Rangers have a hot David Murphy. But it was a sudden, nonsensical episode during the eighth inning of last night's Rangers game that is receiving nationwide attention. This discussion involving a two-to-one game, the tying run at second, a leadoff single by Chase Headley. Go-ahead run is at fifth (laughs) on what Adams is insisting on calling it a botched robbery. What actually happened was his henchman <laughs> took a piece literally out of... The incident was all the talk on sports radio today. I love the little analysis, though. This is great. And at 105.3, the fan, on-air personalities, and fans alike were concerned. What came out of his mouth last night, I think, stunned everybody. No, stunned the Rangers it. confirmed today Barnett suffers from recurring migraine headaches. Oh. People don't really know why it happens, but people who have migraines can have neurologic symptoms that mimic a stroke, uh, and it sometimes can be very, very difficult to tell the difference. <laughs> and then they uh, they go in and they play that uh, that woman who was at the uh, Oscars uh, a year ago. Yeah, she, she did a really good job. That was really funny. I think it's entertaining. I mean... Uh, I think we need more of this. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a fifth and a botched robbery. Well, it, it, but no one calls out Al Sharpton. There's no real conflict. I mean, they don't call him out. They had the they thing. Just assume he's an idiot. They had the thing beamed on him all the time. It's like, hey, watch this. I'll turn the beam on. No one will know, man. It's Sharpton. Yeah. <laughs> so you have a follow up to this? Well, no. I, there's a couple. I have a a couple of other clips that are. Uh, this it's not necessarily this is more i think is not the beam doing anything to anyone this is the the woman who's just a just an idiot uh th- and this is on canadian tv ctv this was the uh bridget brown uh explaining why uh, the dollar is a better investment than gold you know, but we played this this is an old clip no we didn't play it. yes we did Absolutely. I played this months ago, and I saw it show up on Dvorak.org. Slash I don't blog. remember you playing it. Well, that she does, says gold has no backing? Yes, that doesn't mean we didn't play it. Well, I know one clip that we have played, and we'll, we'll just skip right to it then, which I think may have been from The Beam, which is the classic clip from 2007, which is the follow-up clip to The Gold Girl. 
Okay, here we go. Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have maps, and uh, I believe that our ed education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and... I believe that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries so we will be able to build up our future for our children. Thank you very much, South Carolina. I'm pretty sure we played that one, too. Hey, you well, know, yeah, no, we, I try to play that one as much as I can. The beam is on you. I would like to challenge you to to get me a, a reference to the to the gold clip. Okay. And I and I put it out now. Challenge right now in the red book that you cannot find that we've played that clip. You pl probably play it to yourself all the time and think it was on the show. Okay. Well, the South, the South Carolina clip. Yeah, well, I think we played it a couple of times. I just find that to be the greatest clip we've ever played. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I think we've played better better clips than that. Why don't no, you do no. a clip show with just that clip over and over again? That'll be awesome. So I challenge you to play, the, find me reference to the other clip. Okay. I'll find it. And if I don't find it, our uh, human resources no, will I'm find fine. it. fine. I think no, I don't we'll care find who it. finds it. We'll find it. I want to we'll find, find a show that that clip was played. I want to know what my reaction to it was. Oh, you said what an idiot. Well, I've, well that's not an unusual reaction. <laughs> but I, I think I would have remembered that clip because it was so it was so dingy. I always love people when they say, hey, man, don't make fuck fun of those people because they're having a stroke, man. Not having I, I wasn't having a stroke. No, no. <laughs> but I found this one. Shut up, slave. Yay. It's about time. Thank you. About 8,000 people sent that to me. <laughs> yeah, it is well, about time. You didn't time. find it then. Well, yeah, I found it in my email. It came in. I'm like, hey, look what I just found. Well, anyway, um, there was a lot going on this week. Um, and I watched a heck of a lot of C-SPAN 3. And, of course, we had the big showdown between uh, ISA and the highest uh, highest position in our justice system, however they keep um, describing that, uh, Attorney General Eric Holder, who, of course, is the interference guy. He runs interference for uh, all of uh, our presidential scams and illegality. So... So I'm watching that that uh, hearing, and you know you have all the Democrats up in arms that this is going on, and they want to stall and make the hearings go on longer and longer. But I was noticing something. I don't know if you noticed this, but we have seen. I haven't seen all of them, but but I think Holder's been up there five or six times. Nine, nine, nine times, them. nine times. Nine, okay, we've seen most of these. We've seen them. All you of them. And I have all of them. <laughs> all of them. Now. Half the people that were there for this final hearing, I've never seen there before ever. Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. They, they never showed up. There's always empty seats. And all of a sudden now when they know there's going to be a vote on a contempt of Congress, then they all show up. What I did was, John, I took the, I think it was six hours of all this bull crap. 
Because Holder wasn't even there. This was just, you know, are we going to vote on a contempt of Congress, which we'll explain what that and is. By the way, the one person who I've never seen at this meeting ever was that dingbat woman from D.C. <laughs> I think she was there to blather. She sounded like she had the beam on her. I have I have uh, condensed six hours down to one minute and 30 seconds. And here's the game you play. Spot the Republican and spot the Democrat. It's so hard to stop. Our purpose has never been to hold the Attorney General in contempt. Our purpose has always been to get the information the committee needs to complete its work that it is not only entitled to, but obligated to do. I am horrified that you are going forward with this contempt charge. This woman, oh oh, man, what a douchette she is. When the President of the United States and the administration have invoked executive privilege for the documents sought by the chairman. This is a mistake, a major mistake, and I really want you to know that I think that uh, this should be discontinued. Why would the president claim executive privilege unless there was something very, very important that he felt should not be made known to this committee and possibly to the public? I hope we have the guts and the perseverance to get to the bottom of this. I like Shaft. We have two th- nearly 2,000 weapons purposely, dead purposely people, given to drug people. cartels. We have hundreds of dead people in Mexico. We have a dead United States Border Patrol agent. And we have a government that's withholding information so that we can not only get to the bottom of it, but that we can fix it and make sure that it never, ever happens again. I f- am frightened to think what would be going on today had... Agent Brian Terry not been murdered. Would we even know about Fast and Furious or Wide Receiver? This is a sad day, but it is a necessary day. The notion that you can withhold information and documents from Congress, no matter whether you're the party in power or not in power, is wrong. (laughs) Uh, So the, the key points here are... Uh, one, that, of course, a, a vote was passed because this is a Republican-heavy uh, committee. So uh, Holder, uh, did now, now it goes to the uh, House of Representatives, is, I guess, a request for contempt of Congress, which means absolutely nothing. It's not going to do anything. Uh, but the interesting thing is that President Obama came out and said, I'm invoking executive privilege. Now... The reason this is interesting is because executive privilege means there's something that uh, is of national security uh, interest, why we cannot release whatever, uh, why, uh, why he's essentially saying um, Holder, as a member of the executive committee, does not have to release the document or documents or whatever it is you're looking for, because it's extremely important, which means the president, who always said he knew nothing about this, must somehow know something about it, or he's just running his own interference tactic uh, for Holder. Whatever that is, it's interesting to go back in a little flashback to 2007, then presidential candidate campaigning President uh, Barack Obama about the use of executive privilege by then-President Bush. Do you favor executive privilege or should Karl Rove and others in that like position be forced to testify before the House or Senate. Well, I, you know, I, I think we'll we'll determine uh, over the next several weeks uh, how this administration uh, uh, responds to the very appropriate call by 
Patrick Leahy, the, the, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, to have uh, these individuals come in and testify. Uh, you know, there's been a tendency on the part of this administration to to try to hide behind executive privilege every time there's something uh, a little shaky that's taking place. <laughs> but I will never do that. I won't hide behind no executive privilege. So all of that, fine and good, whatever. It's just a big show, and uh, and you know, it's all oh, it's political, whatever. We know that this is a huge, non-transparent bunch of douchebags. And it's not just this administration, it's every administration since I've been alive. But what blew me away on uh, MSNBC is Chris Matthews, who took this in a completely unexpected, yet very logical direction. When I look at this, uh, uh, Willie Brown, Mayor Brown, I just look at it, and I don't mean to use this term too much, but it's almost like a stop and frisk. Huh. Here's a chance to humiliate a distinguished member of the United States government, the Attorney General, and everybody knows, close friend of the President's. It's a surrogate operation. If he can humiliate this guy, if he can get to him, he'll be a big star in the Republican caucus. He'll be Dick Nixon. I don't want to start too much forest fire here, because, but it is my instinct. Is this ethnic... Mr. Mayor, I think it has some ethnic flavor to it. <laughs> I think with ethnic, he means racial. They brought out the race card. He totally brought out the well, race that's card. Part of the scheme it, the, to get a race relations uh, soured to get exactly. the black vote out. Exactly. Because the blacks are not going to vote for Obama. But if they can get this riled up like that woman from dc all worked but, up yeah, but and pulling then, the and, race and card you your your white surrogates uh, you know chris matthews um yeah, but this is this is so egregious to say race baiting this is this is so wrong by the way i take you back to september 29th 2011 no agenda episode 343 the clip titled gold stupidity Bridget joins us now. Bridget, overall, how did today compare to yesterday? The biggest surprise of today was definitely gold. It was down about. Wait, wait. Okay, you you can you can stop it now. What's the date on this? September twenty ninth, two thousand eleven. Okay, I, I am not going to uh, accept this until I go listen to the episode. What was the, <laughs> what was the episode number? Three four three. Okay. Face it, you're busted. Big mouth? Not necessarily. Yeah, I'll believe this me. This could be bogus. You may be trying to trick me. <laughs> I love race baiting. John, I really, yeah, that, I think this is totally, totally, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? He didn't call it race. He called it, uh, what do you call it? Ethnic something. It, yeah, this, I'm, I'm, I'm going all ethnic on you, John. I'm going ethnic, dude. So so back to that topic. Uh, I They're talking about trying to pull a rabbit out of a hat to get race baiting going on the Thom Hartman show. (sighs) He pulls out and this to me, I had to actually do some research after I heard this clip. He pulls out a clip of some woman. I have to get the exact. um, There's two clips here and I don't want to play the second one first. Uh, He he pulls out. He does his letters to the editor on on Russia Today now now and again. And he has this woman calling about some talk show host, I guess over the weekend, who's – you have to hear the talk show host to appreciate the fact that she's just an, some, some local idiot. Mm-hmm. But Hartman brings that as some major, major event. And um, what are the two clips there? I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, there should be a clip there that says um, it's the monkey clips. Oh, yes. A monkey comment? Uh, which – do you have the size of those two clips? 
I'm sorry? You have to play the short one first. Oh, okay. Monkey clip. Here we go. Short one first. Now, yeah. I, I would have not even known. Nobody would even know about this. This is, uh, this is race baiting to me because this is some lo- local event that took place that nobody cares about. And then you, he's, trying, he's not getting very far, but he's trying to make it national news. Our first comment tonight comes from a big picture viewer right here in Washington, D.C. She had this take on the Arizona radio show host who called President Obama a monkey. Oh, okay. I am frightened. Could you please tell me what's going on in this world? First of all, I have never been so hurt to hear what that lady said about Mr. Obama. President Obama is a very well-educated man, and this has got to see. Somebody has to say something about that lady from Arizona. I will post it on my computer. It's ridiculous. They need to stop. Any other president they put on there that you cannot talk about the president or you will be locked up. Why haven't they locked her up? <laughs> bye bye. She's not. It's not. A little, she's on shortwave. She's not like be locked up. <laughs> she's, not, she's on the shortwave radio. Now here's the question that, that comes to mind. First of all, and I do have the clip of the woman. Uh, I dug that up of yeah. the woman in Arizona. Why is what? What woman? What black woman in Washington D.C. is listening to Arizona right wing talk radio? Well, it's probably uh, like us watching C-SPAN all day. I mean, there's people yeah, who really yeah, have I'm nothing sure better to exactly do. exactly what it is. Yeah. And we've got... So, re- oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Now, this is the woman, and this is like a laughable show. And by the way, do call her out on it. Tom Hartman goes on and says, oh, they never said a thing. Yeah. Hey, your Skype is cutting in and out a little bit. Can you jiggle your wire while I play the clip? Sure. Richard on the phone. Uh, Richard, uh, jump in here with Joe and... Tom and Randy and Charles and myself. Yeah, hi, Bob, everybody. Uh, I wish uh, people would have the guts on the uh, who runs the shows and all that to ask everybody who goes on these shows. I'd like to know how many people really uh, voted for that idiot sitting in a White House. And anybody who says that, that they don't know anybody who's trying to destroy this country, all you have to do is see that rabbit ears guy who's sitting in the White House and what he's done to this station in three years. I call I, him a monkey. I, I, sit uh, here, I sit here wondering why I spent 30 years in the Marine Corps defending this country against communism and uh, two tours in Vietnam. All right, so I got it. Monkey. I found a shocking clip on AM radio of Peter Gabriel. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. Right. Only okay. Better now. They sound better. Well, I'll know in a minute. Did you upgrade to premium Skype while you were on it? Because that is I, I'm not upgraded. It's a scam. <laughs> That's guaranteed to make it sound better. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so the, the I guess the point of all this is the uh, racial tensions are being ratcheted up, and Tom Hartman seems to be right on board with uh, with doing that. Yeah, no, there's no question about it. And then he also, the way he did, the thing that's funny is that they never, uh, they never talk, said who this woman's name. In fact, I have to go look it up again. But it was just, it was a cat, it was weird because this is a show that probably has maybe 5,000 listeners in, in Tucson or wherever it is. Well, in no Arizona. one watches Tom Hartman either, John. Yeah, well, he's got 6,000. He probably has 1,000 more than she does. Yeah. yeah. But uh, he's on Russia Today, so there is a feed that goes out with him on it. Mm Anyway, uh, let me say in the morning to you, John C. Dvorak. In the morning to you, Adam Curry. In the morning to all ships that see boots on the ground, subs in the water, and feet in the air. And 
I say, uh, uh, that's it. Oh, there it's goes the ray again. Oh, boy. We've got to <laughs> turn, turn off the death ray. The scramble ray. And, and, and the stolen third uh, bank robbery. <laughs> And in the morning to all the human resources in our chat room, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net, uh, all charged up, ready to go, depleting your uh, lifetime value of $9.2 million. We're happy to, uh, to have you all here. And um, there's, uh, boy, uh, I, I almost don't even know where to start with, uh, with, with actual news that is taking place that is not being reported. I think the... Uh, Probably the the G20 was quite interesting. There were a number of uh, fascinating things that were said uh, during the uh, during the G20. And by the way, did you look at the logo of the G20? Have you seen any of the pictures? I have seen the logo of the G20. It's like total Illuminati stuff. It's like yeah, well, it's just one of those pyramids. Those <laughs> pyramids, man. It's like they're all standing in front of a huge pyramid with a little eye there in the middle that says G twenty. It's it, it, the whole thing is just crazy. So um, Barroso, who is so we, oh yeah, we really have two guys running the show uh, in uh, uh, in the United States of Brussels. And uh, and uh, Haiku Herman Van Rompuy, the unelected president, his job is kind of you know to be the statesman, the calm guy, and he's, he's cracking a little bit around the scenes. But Barroso totally, totally lost it when uh, he just went off the reservation and uh, completely blamed the United States for everything. Let's work cooperatively for this. Let's work together. <laughs> By the way, this crisis was not originated in Europe. Since you mentioned North America, this crisis was originated in North America. Oh, okay. And many of our financial sector were contaminated by, how can I put it? You gave me the clap. Unorthodox practice from some sectors of the financial market. But we are not putting the blame on our partners. What we are saying is let's work together when we have a problem, a global problem. <laughs> let's work together. What an idiot. You know, we had, um, when this whole thing began, and we were um, trying to contain it with the 2008 collapse, mm-hmm. Europeans and bankers and the, and the governments would have nothing to do with it. They had nothing to do with us. It wasn't anything about working together. They told us it was our problem. We can eat crap. Yeah. And then they, they, they essentially, they had no involvement. They didn't want involvement. And now they're bitching. And so uh, our friend uh, Nigel Farage uh, is invited, of course, to speak about this on several television programs. And uh, he shows up on, it must have been Fox, and he just kind of laid it right out there. you got to love the guy for it. A lot of people. So what do you think of this claim that it's the fault of the United States, the problems that Europe has? Well, remember, remember, this bloke's an idiot. I mean, a real, (laughs) complete idiot. And I, I, you know, and, uh, oh, and I forgot to tell you, um, he's also a communist. (laughs) (laughs) So so that was the kind of the headline-grabbing soundbite of Barroso. But he went on, and I want you to listen. Now, of course, there's a language barrier, but also the guy is an idiot. But he sounds like... The words he's using, and I think for a statesman, you just got to be careful. He sounds like a mafia thug. Listen to this. He said, in Europe, we are open democracies. Not all the members of the G20 are democracies. 
But we are democracies, and uh, we take decisions democratically. Sometimes this means taking more time. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we have to go slowly with our slaves, but we get what we want anyway. Yes, because we are a union of 27 democracies, and we have to find the necessary consensus. But frankly, we are not coming here to receive lessons in terms of democracy or in terms of how to handle the economy. Because the European Union has a model that we may be very proud of. We are not complacent about the difficulties. We are extremely open. I wish that all our partners were so open about their own difficulties. We are extremely open and we are engaging with our partners, but we certainly are not coming here to receive lessons from nobody. We don't need no lessons from nobody. So that must you know, have been weird, rather um, tense over there. That guy. I, I don't know. I, when that came out, it seemed like it was just... I think this, these guys have already just marginalized themselves. I don't think anybody's paying any attention to uh, <coughs> any well, of this well, now EU it's, stuff. Especially with Barossa. He's not even that... Enter- I mean, he's not even as entertaining as the other guy, uh, Haiku Herman. So I have a... So, so what happens is Barroso goes off and just starts yelling at everybody. And, and, and basically the 19 other of the G20 or whatever... Like, we didn't come here to get no lessons from nobody. Shut up. Bleh. We know what we're doing. But, of course, they don't. And uh, and I think that Haiku Herman and Douchebag Barroso are well aware that this is, of course, he's, he's, he's telling the truth. I mean, we, as the United States uh, financial sector, are systematically bringing down the euro. And, I th- and, I, and it's now more obvious than ever now that he's actually saying Hey guys, like stop! You know you you you're doing this. He's blaming it on history, uh, and of course the reason why is we need to have our dollar to be the the ultimate currency of the universe, and and the euro just has to go down. That's why Moody's keeps coming out with downgrade downgrades. Uh, we got the they're even going to downgrade the UK banks. I mean this just continuous attack after attack, and the only thing that they can do is try and turn this crisis into something good. And now they're they're uh, turning into or they're turning to the uh, economic uh, union, which of course is what should have happened in the first place. But they never sold it as such. They sold it as, "Hey, great! You don't have to change any of your money at the at the border." So uh, Haiku Herman's job is to go out and basically calm everything down. But he's so freaked out. That the only thing I mean, you just have to listen to what he's saying. I know it's kind of hard. It's like a minute and a half. And and his English is atrocious. But listen to how he's desperately trying to say, we're going to make it all happen. By the end of the year, we'll have an economic union. Trust me, it's okay. We're going to have an economic union. We're, we're, we're all going to fix it. Come on, please. We discussed the state of play of the world economy. And there are a lot of weaknesses. Not only the problems in the eurozone, of course, but also the volatility in on the oil markets, the internal imbalances in a lot of countries, in the United States, in China and other, and all of us, we are working on correcting those imbalances. Of course, in the Eurozone, we have to continue our policy with much more energy even than in the past. So combining fiscal consolidation, differentiated, depending on the countries, with a strong growth policy focused growth. on investment, and then at the same time, deepening our economic and monetary union. And this will be the main theme at the European Council by the end of this month. We have to go to a more financial integration, to more fiscal integration, to more economic integration. And that's what we have to do. 
and we are working on it, I will propose building blocks for deepening our economic and monetary union so oh. that we can show to the rest of the world and to the markets that the euro and the eurozone is an irreversible project, project. and that we want to deepen it and to give it a strong policy infrastructure. A common currency needs also more common policies. Uh -huh. And that's our main task for the European Council of the end of June. We are working on it and everybody is fully aware of this. They're supporting us, they're encouraging us, they are confident in the fact that we can overcome this crisis. And so the Council of June will be important, but in June we will launch a project and that we will finalize by the end of the year. <laughs> it just keeps repeating over and over. Don't we're going to do what we're going to do. I'm like, how, what is this building blocks? How is he going to do it? And I found the document. It's called the, single, the Second Single Market Act. Have you even heard of this? Uh, no. I so, almost fell asleep during that clip, so I'm going to have to look it up now. Uh, yeah, I know. It's boring, but it's important to hear how stressed out these guys are. So the single... Um, the, single, the second version of the Single Market Act is a 12-step program, <laughs> which is funny by itself. And I'll just highlight, uh, and of course, all these documents in the show notes, 419er.nashownotes.com. So here's how they're going to do it. Here's how they're going to integrate uh, these 27 countries. So first of all, we have the um, Single Market for Venture Capital. Uh, which means that it's a regulation that will provide all managers of qual qualifying venture capital funds with a European marketing passport to allow access to eligible investors across the European Union. So you can go get money from anywhere, apparently. And this is where it gets kind of scary. A modern system for the recognition of professional qualifications. This is where your uh, ID card comes in. Well, this is not. Well, there's no. This is a yeah, there's that, but this it's really about licensing journalism, licensing everything. So in other words, yes. you can't be a writer Correct. without oh, a license. Even an I'm a writer without a license. It states in the document even architect. You can't be an architect. Here it says the proposal will modernize the harmonized minimum training requirements. There you go. You're right, John. For certain professions benefiting from the automatic recognition, which will be through the. Uh, IMI, the Internal Market Information System, in particular, doctors, nurses, midwives, and architects. <laughs> I have no idea why architects shows up in that all of a sudden. Well, but there'll be more than that before this is over. Oh, I totally agree. We actually discussed this before. This is an old, uh, this goes back to April of 2011. June, actually. This is the second one. So this is the second doc. It's a single uh, market. Okay, right. April. This is this. Okay, this is the one that. What is? What's the date on this document? I have June uh, two thousand eleven. That's what I have. Okay. Uh, so well, the first one was in April. Then. Right. Yeah, this is the second one. But you're right. It's uh, the international standards for organizations. Uh, so you're, I totally agree with what you're saying that it'll certainly be for journalists. You can't be a journalist, or you can't be a blogger. Posing as a blogger. journalist. There's yeah. A, yeah, they're going to be licensed bloggers. Yeah. This, is, by the way, <laughs> has already blogger. taken place in many countries. Brazil, for example. Well, you have to be uh, licensed to be a blogger? You have to be licensed to be a journalist. Really? Yeah, you have to have a license. In fact, a friend of mine who writes computer columns... Uh, had to he, take a he test? He actually gets away with it without having the license, but he can never call himself a journalist or a reporter. He, he calls himself a... He has some, some, there's a bypass, you know, there's always a trick uh -huh. waiting around it, but, but he's always worried sick that they're going to bust him. They're going to close that loophole. 
So here is the cross-border use of electronic identification, authentication, and signature uh, legislation for a framework for electronic identification, authentication, and signature in the second quarter of 2012. So this is coming up now. Uh, the proposal will provide, provide for mutual recognition and acceptance of official EIDs between member states, address, which address existing legal and cross-border interoperability problems for e-signatures. So you're all, everyone in Europe is going to have to have uh, a biometric ID card. And then, of course, we have the carbon tax, which is point number nine. Oh, there we go. The aim of the proposal is to restructure the way energy products are taxed to take into account both their CO2 emissions and energy content. So you're getting a carbon tax on top of the actual content of the energy that you're using. And that's point nine. And that, of course, really integrates everything because you'll be paying that tax to Brussels. As we've been saying for years, I think, for years. Now, let me see if there's anything else that was of, uh, of interest. Oh, well, of course, they have a website. <clears throat> the new Your Europe portal. So they spent a couple million uh, EUs on that. And uh, then there's just a whole timeline of when everything's going to go into effect. So uh, whether it works or not and whether it keeps the, 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 the euro and the European Union afloat, which is doubtful, uh, you're getting a whole bunch of regulation. Now, interesting on the financial side, Finland has thrown a little monkey wrench into the into the thing, into the uh, into the mix, into the, the machine for the uh, ESM, the European Stability Mechanism. This is basically the the fund that will commit every single euro eurozone nation to basically writing a blank check whenever Brussels needs it. Finland has rejected the proposal to use ESM and ESF money to buy government bonds unless they have some kind of collateral. So they're not going to ratify. And you need every, I think you need 99% to ratify this. And I'm like, wow, Finland, that's interesting. Because who is visiting Finland this very moment? You're going to tell me. Clippity clop, Hillary Clinton. Who else would it be? <laughs> so you know how that goes. It's like, hey, man, we got to get someone to mess this stuff up. Hey, Hillary, can you go do something? Yeah, no problem. Which, which brings us to Sweden. <laughs> okay. It's right right, right down do the road. What you think is really going on with this Assange thing going to, going to Ecuador? I think it's a smokescreen. Well, I think the guy probably rapes some chicks and doesn't want to get uh, doesn't want to get to thrown in jail. Well, there's there's well, that's always a possibility, but he uh, he's doing a good job of, of not communicating that. But I think the whole I think this this Ecuador thing was something that the U.S. set up because we were on we have in some, not not overtly but covertly. Mm -hmm. Because we're in bad terms with Ecuador, because there's a deal with Chevron Oil, who had apparently polluted the whole country. Right. According to, at least, we haven't seen the pollution, so we don't know for sure. And uh, But the Ecuadorians say that they did, and the Chevron people say, no, it wasn't us. So you think and, maybe it's just like witness protection program for Assange? Is that what you think so it is? So you put him in, uh, we, we don't want to deal with, let's say he goes to Sweden, and now 
all these nutballs in the United States, the Republicans and Democrats, who, who shake their fists saying this guy's a, a traitor, even though he's not an American. We've got to get him and bring him in and try him. Well, we don't really want to do that because it's going to be embarrassing and right. it's stupid. Right. And a waste of everybody's time and money. Yeah. So you, but you, what are you going to do with everybody shaking their fists? So you got to ditch the guy somewhere. Right. Ecuador is a good place. Ecuador is a good place. And then somewhere down the road, you know, you can uh, tell Ecuador, you know, well, we, oh, you know, he, he might, he might have an unfortunate accident. Well, you could have, you could have an, yeah. Oh. Or get food poisoning. Oh, whoops. Whoops. Sorry. Sorry, Julian. But I don't think this guy's. I think this this whole thing about oh the Americans want to extradite him from Sweden. Sweden's going to play ball, which would embarrass the Swedes too. They don't want to deal with that. No, you know that country's got you know a certain reputation to uphold. So they got to get this guy yeah. out of the. He's got to be taken out of the loop. Yeah. So let's push him into Ecuador, and then somehow they're. I think going to sneak. Either they can make him stay in that embassy in London forever, or they can sneak him out. <laughs> I, I, think I think that's, that's as good a spot happen. as any for him. Keep him in the embassy. Just keep him away. He's annoying. He is. Do you, do you want me to play this clip that you have here? What clip is? Oh, that's just the backgrounder on it. Oh, okay. Well, we don't need to play that then. Let's thank our producers, John, just uh, since we have... Uh, we have a couple of three ex executive producers and no... <laughs> okay. It's like weird. The balance is always off. Yeah, the balance has been off a lot. But we do have two 420 club members, Ooh, including nice. one that 33 cents to it. For so they're coming in a little bit early for uh, for Sunday's show, but we'll credit them as 420. No, I producers. told, I said in the letter if you read it. Oh, right now. Um, you get a double yeah. credit if you come in today. Nice. Uh, hey, citizens, longtime boner, first time donor. This is from John Pacifici. John Pacifici. And he's seen, is he a new, I think he's a, no, a new. New value for value supporter on the show, is he From, not? Uh, Tampa. Yeah. Florida. Nice. Tampa, Florida, home of the Mons Venus. Uh, hello, citizens. Uh, Longtime boner, first time donors wanted to chip in after being a douchebag for far too long. I've been a listener for about a year and a half, and your podcast is always my favorite. Most of my other podcasts have been collecting dust ever since. And for the few that I've kept up with, uh, none get listened to until the latest No Agenda show has been heard. Speaking of which, my favorite Twitch shows are the ones in which you guys are on. Adam's recent appearance was epic. <laughs> do you more, know the, do, can, Adam, do more. Do can, more, Can I just Adam. say something? There are people who, who think, actually, I get paid when I do that. Yeah. No. Yeah. It, no, guests don't well, get under, paid. They're disillusioned. Apparently. Yeah, guests don't get paid. It's like, it's like actual effort. <laughs> it's no, that's why the, the people that are typically on have, you know, like a blog to promote or a TV yeah, or show or. Or they got a magic act they like to show. Yeah. <laughs> I have received great value education. That or a brush. book about magic acts. <laughs> yeah. That, you know, by the way, Brushwood was on there plugging his book constantly to an extreme. Mm -hmm. He's making millions on that book. Millions? Yeah. No. no. Oh, yeah. He's selling the things that are going crazy. Millions? I want you to know it. I sincerely appreciate the work you guys do. I also love the fact that in my mind, you guys have gone from being the MTV VJ and a dude from PC Magazine to being the No Agenda guys. <laughs> I actually dude. get mildly surprised when I see John participating in some non-NA related event. In closing, I could, could I get a de-douching and a shot of karma for our general positive energies? Please keep up the good work. My last name is pronounced Pacifici. There it is. Like the Pacific Ocean, but with a C at the end. Pacifici. Oh. John Pacifici. Right. Let me give him a do douching and some karma. And thank you for being an executive producer, my friend. You've been de-douched. You've got karma.
All right, now we got Jerona Huttinger, Huntinger from Wagon Ginging. Okay, okay. Now, since he's an executive producer, I think he deserves the proper pronunciation. Yes, and you have it. Jeroen Huttinger. Repeat, from? After, repeat after me. Jeroen Huttinger. Jeroen Huttinger. From Wageningen. Wageningen. Yeah, very good, very good. Yeah, it's not that good. But good. I'm glad he came in. And you're right. He needs to. And it's luckily for the show, we have someone who can pronounce Dutch names. <laughs> uh, with all the pleasure I've had over the years listening to the show, it's about time I caught up with my payments. You have been non-exist. You have which have been non-existent until today. Another first-time donor. So here you go. Dollar a show. Four twenty. It is. And I'm a little behind on listening, but yesterday, that's a dollar a show. It's 420, coincidentally. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, exactly. And after that, 400, show 421, if you wanted to donate a dollar a show, it'd be 421. I'm a little behind on listening, but yesterday I heard the part about the party getting better and better and better. And there's uh, a girl coming. I just couldn't stop laughing for 15 minutes. Recently, I went freelance again, and what a good feeling that is. Promised myself when my first invoice was paid, I would donate to keep some karma coming, so there you are. Uh, please send some karma t- to, for me to land a gig during the summer months or immediately after I'm based in Greece. Oh, boy. Well, you're in Greece. Let's have some information. Yeah, really. Give us some, give us some deets, dude. So it's not too bad to be idle for a month or two, as the Greeks all know. If the karma works, I'll be able to donate, keep the donations up. All right, here's some uh, gig during the summer for, in Greece, karma. You've got karma. Thank you for supporting the program as a new value-for-value value producer. And we have two more executive producers, Alexander Selznyov, uh, who's in Espoo. Sir Alexander, to you, actually. Dear John and Adam, here's my contribution. Uh, to the best podcast in the universe, in in hopes that you guys uh, get to get by. Hope to you guys to get by through the holiday period. Uh, help us get by through the holiday period. I like to request a little bit of karma for myself and the rest for you and everyone else who is supporting the show. Keep up the good work, Alex. Perfect. Thank you so much, Alex. Appreciate it. You've got karma. And meanwhile, we have a bevy of night. It's <laughs> like four little helmets on the Boris spreadsheet Lop here. Marinoff in the spreadsheet It's like here. pride and stickers it, on a high school football Viejo, helmet. Viejo, California. Congratulations to his mother and to his mother and my new human resource. Send karma to the whole family. Uh, this donation should be enough to make all three of my human resources no agenda nights. Here is their names. Yasin Marinoff, seven. Yeah. Simeon Marinoff, seven of age. Darren Marinoff, born today, 619. Aww. He must be the youngest yesterday. knight. Yeah, yesterday. That would be the youngest knight. He has a garrison, John. Apparently. He has a whole garrison of knights. And then he does <laughs> the calculation. He's been giving us a lot of money recently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's got three knights coming up. And um, now I don't know if this came in from his wife because it sounds uh, like it might be. But no, the family so. is very deeply involved with the show. They're I all patrons. It. Yeah. And now we have a bunch of kid, uh, young knights that carry the torch. So that's our Yeah, let's uh, throw some karma to the uh, garrison from Aliso Vallejo, California. Karma. Awesome. We want to thank awesome. Uh, all these executive producers. Unfortunately, we have no associate executives today. We did come in a little low. Uh, for their help and remind people to go to noagendashow.com, noagendanation.com, dvorak.org slash NA, and channeldvorak.com slash NA is a backup. But uh, dvorak.org slash NA is the primary point, which has some of the latest um, giving models. 
Yes, and also I want to thank uh, Nick the Rat for the uh, album art on the previous episode's uh, MP3 file and in the uh, credits and the show notes on uh, No Agenda 418. Nick, always great to have you putting stuff in. You can see all of the artwork at uh, noagendaartgenerator.com. And remember, <laughs> we also have the uh, No Agenda News app for your iPhone and iPad. And uh, also listed in the show notes, you'll find where you can get a torrent file of each of the uh, No Agenda uh, programs uh, via BitLove, bitlove.org. And uh, this is a value-for-value value proposition. Uh, we work very hard for you during the week. Uh, we're watching C-SPAN 3 with joy, I have to say. But still, you know, we then condense it down so you don't have to watch all of that tedious crap. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. And of course, you can always go out and propagate our important formula. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Come on, everybody, say it like you mean it, kiddies. Shut up, <laughs> I'm glad you got that back. I love that kid. <laughs> that kid rocks. Yeah, well, I can imagine her being a... You should see the video. Her, she's quite frightening when she does it. <laughs> There's a video? Yeah, that's what it's from, yeah. She did a, uh, a whole audition video. She has a couple other ones. Uh, what's this one? Uh, it's the distraction of the week. No, that's her brother. Where's the... Uh, maybe it's uh, Maybe it's this one. <laughs> Can you imagine that on uh, Sunday? The kid standing next to your bed yelling that in your ear. My goodness. That's just horrible. Hey, I got one for, uh, and I have it in the show notes. You know, just uh, speaking of uh, Greece, where our uh, executive producer Yerun is from, there's this fantastic documentary called Catastroika, uh, which was uh, funded by Crowdsource. It's about an hour, like an hour and 10 minutes a great i mean really great documentary which shows exactly how and this is something that we we caught on to quite a while ago that the austerity measures that are being implemented in greece and of course actually uh worldwide now are not so much about well yeah it's blamed on public servants making too much and retiring when they're 15 and all this stuff but it really is about privatization. And this documentary shows the parallels between uh, the privatization of Russia and how we got the oligarchs and the privatization of, uh, the, the well, certainly uh, European uh, nations. But the, it, it's happening in America, too. Uh, and how Siemens and, you know, basically it's about the rail transport, electricity, uh, water, uh, these are the main things that have to be privatized and how you, you know, then essentially turn the entire country into one slavedom with uh, with oligarchs. And I highly, highly recommend it. Katastroika. You should watch it, too, John. I think you'll enjoy it. It's yeah, a, no, I'm looking at it now. It, you have to get the I, the link I have is the one with the English subtitles. Translation's pretty good, but there's also some uh, interviews with uh, with English speakers in there. Uh, but it's really outstanding. I just looked at it like, oh, my goodness, this is really good. So it it really helps you understand um, what we've been talking about for a while, you know that this is really uh, a huge privatization effort. And, I, and and the more I watch it, the more I'm like, doesn't matter what we do, we are just so screwed. Just might as well admit it. 
No, I think the more we do this show, the more we realize that it's yeah. Uh, yeah. it's a the only the long term purpose is to make people uh, actually maybe even doing the uh, the the evil forces a favor, which I, concerns me a little bit. Because people understand what's going on, and then they become they see the futility of fighting. <laughs> Just give up. <laughs> it's, it's not. Maybe we should stop doing the show. Well, if it becomes a detriment, then we probably should. That just that's something just, to ponder. By the way, <laughs> you just hit me with that. I'm like, are we really helping at this point? I don't know. <laughs> we're probably we're probably yeah, playing I mean, into their cards. We should just take our information and uh, our Go analysis elsewhere. and our deconstruction tricks, and just keep them to ourselves, and you know. And just uh, go uh, get a nice place in south of France. We had, (laughs) yeah, sure. Yeah, it's real cheap down there. We uh, It's not as expensive as you think. We were having uh, coffee at Halcyon here in the the city. uh, The city? Yeah, the city. Austin's a city. It is? Yeah. That's like like, uh, two million people. It's a city. It qualifies. And uh, I was talking to a guy, and he... You know, of course, you know, it doesn't take too long before someone says, what the hell do you actually do? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, because, uh, you know, I did like my no agenda cocktail stuff. You know, it's like, oh, no, no, this is what this is about. Here's how this goes. He says, what do you uh, what do you actually do? I said, well, I'm a government legislation analyst. And but then I kind of explained about the show. Now, this guy, he works for he has like it's like some nondescript company. He says, you've never heard of us. He said they only work for hedge funds. And they basically do for hedge funds what we do for the slaves of Gitmo Nation. And um, he says that they actually were partially responsible, and I bring this up because you guys were talking about on the Horowitz show, that they were partially responsible for blowing wide open that whole Sealy Posturepedic mattress scam and basically blowing up that stock. And uh, he said, you know, you could probably make a lot of money working for me. (laughs) So the kind of research you guys do. Ah. Yeah, well, there's a lot of those guys out there that do this. Uh, you know, a lot of it is you have to wonder if it's uh, a lot of his logic. I mean, the, the Horowitz was on to this bed thing. He kept seeing all these advertisements on TV. There was way too many of them. I mean, you've seen them. There's this sleep comfort, this and that. And there's yeah. one ad after another. And they're all yeah. on the radio constantly. And yeah. his question was, how many mattresses do people buy? Yeah. I mean, I haven't bought a mattress for, for a long time. And I don't see myself buying one. Yeah, I'm not you, gonna you, go... should, you should buy a new mattress, I think, every 10 years at least. Like that's hardly a, a, a major turnover that's going to get these stocks skyrocketing. It's just well, the whole thing was yeah, sketchy. It's all technology PR bullshit about the new technology of the mattress. It's all, it's all bull crap. But anyway, uh, he says, you know, if you want, if you ever want to talk. Yeah, well, good. <laughs> I got to tell you, there was a second I'm like, hey. Wait a yeah, minute. you should have said yes. <laughs> Wait a minute. I even give it a second thought. This is you a, do both. This is a good. This is good. This is crazy. So Seems for, to me, you could do both. Those of you um, not living in uh, Gitmo Nation proper here, uh, you're lucky. You have not been inundated with the pedo bear scandal that is taking place now. The trial of Sandusky. Oh yeah. This, of course, is the. Uh, 
the guy who uh, was pedo bearing all these kids in uh, pedovania. And, um, and this is on all this is on TV all the time. And of course, what no one is looking at is uh, the second mile charity, which, by the way, has just been uh, dissolved. So this charity that had been going on for like 35 years, of which Sandusky was the founder, I guess, or uh, one of the founders. And allegations are, of course, that this, you know, that's that was basically the uh, that's where the he, front organization, yeah, the front organization run by some douchebag who has just disappeared. He resigned and disappeared. This whole thing is, is just gone. It's like they, they dissolved it. It's now folded into, I think, the Arrow Ministries or something. And uh, so, of course, you know, this is a main guy, the Sandusky. I, I, I you know, football coaches in general. Uh, have high standing yeah, amongst the elites in America. And uh, so Ms. Mickey and I are having a conversation about, you know, you think this guy's going to get off? And I'm like, you know, I haven't really pondered it because it's so annoying just to hear it over and over when the real story is about the foundation, the front. And uh, then I saw a news report. And I was like, oh, of course he's going to get off. And here's why. Uh, uh, oh, this, by the way, is a little bit of a, this is a news report with a piece of his interview where he, he if you, depending on how you, Interpreted, he's kind of saying, yeah, you know, I, I do some kids, but not all of them. But it's what the reporter says after that that caught my ear. I would, I would guess that there are many young people who would come forward, many more young people who would come forward and say that my methods and, and what I had done for them made a very positive impact on their life. And I didn't go around seeking out every young person for sexual needs that I've helped. There are many that I didn't have, I hardly had any contact with, who what an I idiot. have helped in many, many ways. Sandusky underwent a uh, prosecution psychiatric exam this past weekend. The judge ordered it when he said that the defense could offer evidence from an expert that many of his behaviors could be explained by a syndrome called histrionic personality disorder. Brian? There you go. Histrionic personality disorder. Of course, that's how he's going to get out of it. Because, you know, the other guys, they just killed him, right? Oh, I'm sorry, he died of cancer. Oh, he fell down the stairs and broke his hip. Oh, whatever. You know, the, the unimportant, the little lieutenants in this huge pedo bear scam, they just killed him off. This guy, he's a, he's a, a ringmaster. So he's going to get off on histrionic personality disorder, which, of course, is defined by the American Psychiatric Association in the dsm 4 as a personality disorder characterized by a pattern of excessive emotionality and attention-seeking, including excessive need for approval and inappropriately seductive behavior. Hello? So there's no wow. proof it's going to be the Michael Jackson, uh, although I, I, I absolutely believe Michael Jackson was not a pedophile, he was asexual, but it's going to be the defense of, you know, look, there's no evidence, there's no proof, you know, show me a smoking gun, so to speak. And by the way, the guy just suffers from uh, HPD. Oh, okay. Well, we'll give him some treatment. You know, it can go off for a little while. And I wonder if there is a treatment. I haven't looked at this. Oh, treatment. Here we go. What is the treatment? Treatment is often prompted by depression associated with dissolved romantic relationships. Medication does little to affect the personality disorder, but may be helpful with symptoms such as... Treatment of HPD itself involves psychotherapy and cognitive therapy. Oh, we'll give him some psychotherapy and cognitive therapy. The guy's getting off so to speak. 
as it were. Well, there's a, there, you've felt that way from the beginning because the area seems to be a, a well, and, rife. And, and, and the judge called for this. I mean, the, the legal system is infested with these people. Although I do think it's kind of cool that Pedo Bear showed up outside the courthouse. Did you see that? <laughs> Guy dressed yeah, in a Pedo Bear suit. <laughs> Way to go, interwebs. We know what's yeah, really going on. arrest that guy. Yeah, of course. HPD, that's it. Hysteronic personality disorder. It's a beaut. So I'm, uh, I'm figuring that uh, National Treasure News Hour, the uh, PBS uh, news show. Oh, is compromised? Well, I think, I don't know if they're compromised. I noticed that they're, they're leaning a little uh, left, but. Not too too much, but I, I figure that they're getting. There's a slow new. This is a slow news period. I mean, you have a lot of stuff, but if we really look at it, we got the pedo bear guy. We got the, the, the <laughs> hey man, pedo bear is always lead. Pedo bear guy. We got the uh, the hearings and there's, but there's not a lot of you know a little bit about Europe. There's not a really a lot, and to prove it, you have to listen to this teaser and tell me this is not the most. We're hard up to keep you listening to the show teaser. I've never heard anything like it on, on uh, PBS ever. About the economy. Still to come on the news hour, Attorney General Holder held in contempt of Congress. A powerful labor union looks to its future. Poet Natalie Diaz on saving her Native American language and how <laughs> Americans in Germany viewed the rise of Adolf Hitler. <laughs> It's shit they had on the shelf. Really? Man. No, that's Hitler. A, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, oh they pulled the Hitler card. <laughs> I actually did find uh, a piece on PBS from the News Hour, no less. By the way, that woman, she can't read prompter. What's her name? The black woman, oh. the one who wrote the pro Obama book. And oh, then she, she can't. Uh, she can't read the prompter. She's always stumbling and bumbling. It's like, you know, they don't, they don't need to turn the ray on her. She just sucks. So they got this uh, guy on. They're talking about um, some expert, of course. And they're talking about the leaks from the administration. And he says something that I thought was, you know, if, if PBS is going to propagate these lies, you know, well, listen. There's also a concern that other governments will not trust the United States so much if, if there is a pattern of leaking. Uh, so there are some serious concerns here uh, about what the implications would be. Now, the the... The uh, probably the most egregious leak, in a sense, is the news that the United States was behind this cyber weapon Stuxnet against Iran, because what that did, what that confirmation of that fact meant, is that the United States is now seen as an aggressor in cyberspace. No one else had ever used a cyber weapon in an offensive way before. So now all the U.S. Hello. Wow. Really? No one's ever used an, a cyber an offensive cyber weapon before. I don't know what is he talking about. Stuxnet. He's saying that no yeah, other no, country has ever that, done but that. What does he mean? I mean, what is he talking about? I mean, these things have been around forever, and I think we've done a lot of them. In fact, back in the old day of the Morris war worm. Well, I think was, I think that this is let just. Me tell a, let me tell an anecdote. Okay, do that. The uh, the Morris worm, which I believe was, when was that? You can look it up and get the day, but it's the decades ago. This is one of the first computer worms ever developed, uh, and it was put onto the network. And the writer at the New York Times uh, was complaining to me. 
once. Yeah. That his original story, I'd love to find the original story, which discussed the fact that on the, on the blackboard, as he was describing it, of the, of the, of the office of the, of the coder's dad, who's a very famous uh, computer scientist, there was a bunch of uh, apparent, uh, apparently uh, code with the, uh, in, the, in Russian. Huh. And we were, it, it appears as if we were out there cybering Russia's with, our, with these network analysis tools and these worms, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And the Chinese, of course, are known for like sending stuff over to us. And and the Russians too. I mean, a lot of the the worms that come over here, or these uh, malware systems that come over here to analyze the systems and steal uh, secrets, uh, often go through uh, a very interesting process whereby you have uh, uh, bootleg copies of Windows distributed all throughout China, and those have Russian code on them. Which then, when you implement, you install the product, you in- install a um, some some malware bots that are then sent from looks like China when in fact they're really checking back into Russia. This has been going on to an extreme for the last at least 15 years. It's ridiculous. In the Boston Museum of Science, they have a little glass case with a floppy disk in it containing the source code of the Morris worm. <laughs> That's it. I, We got to go visit that. <laughs> it's just a floppy disk. It could have anything on I'm it. I'm telling you, there's a bla- there's a picture on the wiki page. There's a black uh, floppy disk. It's probably an old AOL disk. <laughs> it's in a glass case. The Morris Worm source code. Wow. My favorite thing about all this is the ease in which some of this can be implemented. The uh, the classic one, which was which Kevin Mitnick uh, d- talked about in his book, the classic way to get these things distributed, and especially in a company, it doesn't work so much with floppies anymore. But you can still do it with a DVD that you can you can mount, and you, you leave a DVD or you go to somebody's some office and you leave a DVD and you put porn on the on the label. No, 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 no. You put. You you put the DVD so confidential <laughs> payroll information for all employees, right? <laughs> and there's not a person in the world who we saw that disc that has all the payroll information because we keep it a big secret in this country. It's not like Sweden where everybody knows what everybody else is making or Finland. Yeah, uh, they would put it in and see what the hell's going on, see who's making what money, so they could bitch about it. And of course, they would they would it would trigger it would uh, load something, and the next thing you know, that's what happened. They believe in Iran. Or Iran, because there was uh, no uh, other way of getting in there. It's, but you just leave a disc around. I'm still skeptical that all this stuff actually uh, actually was created by our government. Our government can't do anything right. Well, they, they didn't do this right. They got caught. Right there, you go. And and well, anyway. And what was this? What is it? What do these things do? Apparently, Flamer, which is what I like to call it. Is as a network analysis tool above all, so it goes in and it will. And by the way, these things have been around forever, and they, you used to have to pay a lot of money for them. Uh, they will go in and do a network analysis. In other words, the code hits the network and it finds out where all the computers are and what their what their you know what their yeah. capabilities are, yeah. and then it gives you a, it gives you a map. And these are usually used in corporations to uh, streamline the, the various processes and look for bottlenecks. Yeah. No, whatever. More importantly, John, the war on weed is ratcheting up. And it is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
real heavy. Because while this Fast and Furious was going on, we also had a DEA uh, committee talking about marijuana. But I'll just give you the discourse first from CNN. And fewer teens are smoking cigarettes, according to a new study by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. But more teens are smoking marijuana, which contains as much as 70% more cancer-causing agents Ugh. than tobacco smoke. <laughs> How does this meme keep cropping up when it's been debunked over and over again? Well, so here is uh, the, I think, senator or congressman from Colorado. And he is... Uh, <laughs> He has a By point. the way, you picked that off of CNN. I was I followed up on your commentary about the, uh, the the ratings these guys are getting. Yeah, CNN is. I thought I thought MSNBC was bad. CNN no. is worse. No, it's, nobody's watching. It's unbelievably bad. But what they're doing now, if you notice, all their ads, except for the old people ads, which of course is eighty percent of it, all their primetime ads are really high end products like the BMW 650, the new Apple uh, MacBook Pro. So the douchebags are watching and they find it. It's, it's like a circle jerk. You know, you get on Wolf Blitzer and then you know that, you know, you're, you're, the other people, the other agencies are watching. It's, it's, it's like a, it's like a walkie talkie system you, you want to communicate something to, to uh, the CIA and eh, just go on Wolf Blitzer. See the Pentagon wants to communicate something to Lucifer. Just get on Wolf Blitzer. The, the, the whole thing is, it, it's, you know, it's a sham. But on C-SPAN, we have this uh, wonderful uh, hearing. And so here we have uh, the representative from uh, Colorado, who, of course, has a point to make about medical marijuana in his state. But he, the way he is grilling this, this woman from the DEA is just awesome. Gentlewoman's time has expired. The gentleman from Colorado, Mr. Polis. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, I'd like to begin by following up because I don't on, on Mr. my colleague Mr. Cohen's questions, and I I want to try to get a, a clear answer to make sure the Drug Administration uh, Enforcement Administration is aware of, of some of the uh, evidence. Uh, is uh, crack worse for uh, a yeah. person than marijuana? I I believe all. All illegal drugs. <laughs> I love she, uh, uh, what, what? Are bad. Is methamphetamine worse for somebody's health than marijuana? I don't think any illegal drug is, is good. Is uh, heroin <laughs> uh, worse uh, for someone's health than marijuana? Again. I mean, either yes, no, or I don't know. I mean, if you don't know, uh, you can look this up. You should know this is the chief administrator for the Drug Enforcement Agency. I'm asking you a very straightforward question. Is heroin worse for someone's health than marijuana? All illegal drugs are, are bad. Does this mean you don't know? Heroin causes an addiction. Okay. It causes, okay. Uh, causes many problems. It's very hard to... Uh, I think she doesn't know the answer. So does that mean that the health impact of heroin is worse than marijuana? Is that what you're telling me? Um, I think I think you're asking a subjective question. No, it's objective. Uh, just looking at the science, this is your area of expertise. Science. I'm a layperson, but I've read read some of the, the studies. I'm aware of it. I'm just asking you as an expert in the subject area, is uh, heroin worse for someone's health than marijuana? And I'm answering as a police officer and as a DEA agent that... These drugs are illegal because they are dangerous, because they are addictive, because 
they they do hurt a person's health. So heroin is more addictive than marijuana. Is is heroin more addictive than marijuana? I in your think experience? generally generally the properties of heroin, yes, it's more addictive. Is methamphetamine more addictive than marijuana? Well, <laughs> both are addictive. Well, is is methamphetamine more highly addictive than marijuana? It just goes on and on and on. Her face is priceless. Uh, who is this douchebag? Why don't you give her a douchebag call out? I think I shall. Douchebag. Marijuana. Wow. If you let it play a little longer, I, it's clip of the day. Oh, hold on. I think some people uh, become addicted to marijuana and some people become addicted to methamphetamine. You mentioned that the top, uh, your top priority, I believe you indicated to us, is abuse of prescription drugs. Uh, is one of the main classifications of prescription drugs uh, painkillers that you're uh, concerned about? That's correct. And are those painkillers uh, addictive? <laughs> yes, they are. Oh. Very addictive. Oh, really? Uh, are those painkillers uh, more addictive than marijuana? <laughs> Nailed you, bitch! All illegal drugs are in Schedule 1 are addictive. Well, again, this is a, uh, a, a health-based question, and I know you're uh, uh, obviously you have a law enforcement background, but I'm sure you're also familiar, given your position with the science of the matter. Science! Uh, and I'm asking, you know, again, clearly your, your, your agency has established abuse of prescription drugs as the top priority. Uh, is that, therefore, an indication that prescription drugs are more addictive than marijuana? All illegal drugs are addictive. Okay, your agency has, has established abuse of prescription drugs as its top priority. You've indicated as much to us. Does that mean that abuse of prescription drugs is a greater threat to the public health than marijuana? Because it's an emergent, an emerging threat. Um, because people are turning to prescription drugs then faster than any other drug. Um, that is why we prioritize it. You're fired. You're so Who is, fired. What's her name? Uh, I'd have to. I can look it up. Um, let me just see. She is a, an embarrassment. Well, he nailed her though. It's like because you know after this, of course, he goes right into uh, uh, to essentially saying, "Well, then you know what's your what's your problem with marijuana?" Um, well, the question he should have asked is, well, so if marijuana was legalized, would it be not addictive anymore? Well, here's, here's how he finishes up. Well, in uh, many states, including my home state of Colorado, uh, we have uh, a legalized and regulated regime of, of medical marijuana. And we have found uh, some great degree of success in combating the abuse of, uh, of prescription drugs uh, by making sure the patients have access to uh, medical marijuana, which uh, the science indicates, and I would certainly encourage you to look at the science, is... Uh, less addictive and less harmful to human health than some of the uh, narcotic uh, prescription drugs that are uh, abused. And also, when they're used on label, they can be uh, very uh, uh, harmful to health as well. Yeah. So I'm uh, just, I'm looking at the clip now. It's Michelle Leonhart, L-E-O-N-H-A-R-T, administrator for the DEA. Wow. <laughs> Do I get she's it? A, she's a high o official? Yeah. Do I get it? Yeah, I hit it. Clip of the day. Yeah, no, he, but he tricked her. He tricked her. Well, could have tricked her better. Well, it made for an entertaining four minutes. I mean, of all the C-SPAN we have to watch. So I wonder what, what, the, the the angle here to me always with the, especially with this current attack on marijuana. Mm. 
seems to be. I wonder, I'd like to find some orchestration uh, evidence, and I think there probably is some with uh, some public relations companies, hmm. for Solve Pharmaceuticals. Solve Pharmaceuticals? What is that? Solve Pharmaceuticals makes a product called uh, Marinol which I believe will be pushed in the next few months. You can put it in the book, or I can put it in the book. Uh, it's the marijuana pill. Ooh. But it's not really a, it's called dro, dronabinol. So it's synthetic. It's a synthetic, yes. Hmm. And, uh, our products, let me see what their products are. And I believe it will become the... Uh, so we should invest in this company then. Oh, it's a good question, good point. Yeah. Let's take all that five hundred dollars that yeah. I was going to put on a Solve Pharmaceuticals on a put on Facebook. <laughs> Can we make a bundle? Can we make a real bundle? I think it's going to eventually become a huge product. They're going to sell it, and but then so they're gonna... will you get high off of it, or it has none of the the groove? No, it's got nothing going on. Like well, that. then that, what's good. the point? Well, it's for the drug part because everyone's saying, "Oh, it's medical marijuana is for this and for this and no, this other medicine." No. They're 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 gonna. This is the argument against medical marijuana. It's not the argument against the legalization of all marijuana as a as an intoxicant. So their page is not low. Is that the, the interwebs in general are not great today. No, it looks like it's part. It may be part of Abbott Labs, hmm. which but now we're talking big money. Abbott Labs, yeah, yeah. So they would be behind this. Okay. Well, I'll I'll the definitely delve solving, into it. What is this? Solve it. It looks like the. Solve Hold on a second. Letter to our customers. Solve Pharmaceuticals is now part of Abbott. This just happened. Huh. So they just bought these guys, and the next thing you know, we're seeing all these stories come out. Ha, ha, ha. Coincidence? I think not. Good one, John C. Dvorak. The combination of our two organizations will enable us to better serve the needs of patients across the globe. We do not expect any significant changes in our relationship or how we do business with you during this transition. Hmm. Interesting. Well, that uh, that's pretty telling. And they, there's a patent. I think they have a patent, don't they? Uh, yeah, no, there's about something like two or three patents for this, this crap. Uh, let's see what it is. There's a thing on the patents I was looking at. Yeah, this stuff. We have to keep an eye on it. Which is this? Um, so this kind of makes sense, you know. So Marinol, M A R I N O L. So she she got nailed into it, um, but our drugs are. Um, I here's what I think the problem is: we still need people to stay on on our legal drug system, you know. And uh, so you know what all dealers do is you have to cut out the competition you have to market you got to market your product that it's a you know you got the better weed or whatever uh now in this case this woman just came unprepared and she just got nailed um but on CNN again the douchebag elite channel um what's his name Gil Kerlikowski who's our drug czar they put him on <clears throat> regarding the uh, the zombie drug, which CNN still calls the zombie drug. Designer drug that may be turning people into zombies. I love that. that what a tease. 
The designer drug that may be turning people into zombies. You've heard all about this. The White House drugs are on the bizarre behavior of people who take bath salts and what the government is doing about it. And let's talk back 39 minutes past the hour through a string of bizarre incidents across the country. A designer drug known as bath salts went from being virtually unheard of to taking the national spotlight in what many are calling a drug. Now notice what she's saying there, because that is true. Virtually unheard of because it was not a big deal. And it still is unheard of amongst people who... Thank you. Well, although normal I, people. I, I've received a couple of notes from people who have who've used it and they're like, you know, it's not great, whatever. Epidemic. It all started late last month when Rudy Eugene, suspected to be under the influence of these bath salts, allegedly attacked a allegedly. homeless man and bit off over 80% of the victim's face before being shot and killed by police. There have been at least four other violent incidents across the country since then, and U.S. lawmakers are now scrambling to try to find a solution to this. And joining me now from Washington is Gil Kurlikowski. He is the director of White House Office of National Drug Control Policy. That's quite a mouthful. Uh, It's nice to see you this morning. Thank you for being with us. I want to start uh, talking about explaining bath salts, because I know we've, we've had have this information a lot out there, but I just want to be very clear that this is not what you buy to use in a bath. So- <laughs> oh, brother. So you can explain that quickly. Sure, absolutely. Uh, they're marketed as incense, bath salts, or plant food, not for human consumption. And these are a variety of different chemicals that are incredibly powerful and have caused, as you just mentioned, not only violent incidents, but a lot of psychotic episodes with young people. And, and they're bought under a lot of different names. I have to tell you, this one, Cloud9, we went on the Internet. This is a promo. This morning, we could actually purchase this off the Internet. Oh, oh. let me go buy some Cloud9 right now. Well, one of the things that we're really hopeful for is new federal legislation that will ban this. Many Ah, of the states have already banned it. But uh, what happens is that the people that sell and market this, who are truly bottom feeders, uh, change (laughs) the chemical compilation and then are able to skirt the law. But so we've heard this from from several people. These, you know, it's like you can't stop this. They're just going to ban everything, you know, any chemical. Pretty soon you'll not be allowed to have anything in the house. Yeah, no, well, that's what you do. And then you have to license journalists. So I'm looking at this Marinol story a little deeper. Actually, this stuff's been around for a while. It's only since the Abbott Labs bought them that they started, this, all this stuff started appearing. Hmm. Curiously, it may be more uh, psychoactive than natural cannabis. Really? Yeah, you get like a six-hour buzz when you take one of these things. Well, that makes total sense. I mean, but that's at the end of the day, that's what they want. It's like, yeah, okay, you can you can grow this weed in your garden, and it looks pretty, by the way, and it grows really well. You don't have to be, uh, you don't have to have green thumbs. And, uh, you know, you can smoke it yourself. You can put it in your tea. You can make it as mild as you want. Uh, you can so, so many fantastic, it's just a, a fantastic plant. I've used it for many, many years. Not anymore, but I did. And now it's like, well, we should be making money off of that. Just like the bath salt. They're going to make their own bath salts. Now, government-approved bath salt. It's all about the drug dealers. They are the legal drug dealers. Whatever, it's a bad situation. There's nothing... It's going nowhere. The the president sent a, a little report to Congress. A report on how the wars are doing. 
Did you read his letter? Yeah, uh, I, I wish. No, oh, he's just kind of saying what we're all doing. You know, it's like military operations against Al-Qaeda, Taliban, associated forces in support of related U.S. counterterrorism objectives. That's all going good. We're there in, uh, let's see, we have developed combat-equipped forces to a number of locations in the U.S., Central, Central Pacific, European, Southern, Africa Command areas of operation. Previously, such operations deployments have been reported consistent with Public Law 107-40, and operations and deployments remain ongoing. These operations, which the United States has carried out with the assistance of numerous international partners, have degraded al-Qaeda's capabilities and brought an end to the Taliban's leadership of Afghanistan. So he keeps referring to this uh, public law 107-40. You know, he talks about what's in Afghanistan. Uh, we have, uh, let me see, Somalia. We have Yemen. I'm just reading down his letter. Uh, we have... Uh, uh, military operations still in Iraq, Central Africa, maritime interception operations, hostage rescue operations, military operations in Egypt, where we have 693 troops, uh, U.S. NATO operations in Kosovo. And like, maybe I should go look at Public Law 107 40, because, you know, he's basically waging war in countries. And uh, for those of you who didn't know, uh, Public Law 107-40 is uh, from the 107th Congress. Uh, it is Public Law Number 40, and this is uh, right after 9-11. In short, this joint resolution may be cited as the authorization for use of military force, and it states here specifically, to authorize the use of United States armed forces against those responsible for the recent attacks launched against the United States. So, uh, you know, I'm calling bullshit on this. You what? Know, yeah. What are recent attacks against the United States? Well, this is from uh, September 18th, 2001. So he's still, even though we've killed bin Laden, we've got Al-Awlaki, to have uh, people in Egypt, to have our troops in Egypt is authorized under Public Law 107-40, which authorizes the use of the United States armed forces against those responsible for the recent attacks launched against the United States. I mean, why doesn't anyone say, hold on a second. Egypt is, was not responsible for the attacks against the United States. No, not at all, obviously. Kony, which is in this letter, the Lord's Resistance Army, was not responsible for attacks against the United States. Let's hope not. <laughs> so it's, you know, the whole thing is one big legal scam. Well, that's a good good find. Well, no, it's a disturbing find is what it is. Yes, very disturbing. <laughs> Why doesn't uh, someone say, hey, hold on a second. This is not okay. This is not true. And meanwhile, um, President Obama's professor at Harvard Law School, his constitutional law professor, his name is Roberto Mangabera, and uh, even on his wiki page, he taught... Our president, constitutional law, has this to say. The Democratic Party proposes no new direction. Its idea is to put a human face on the program of its adversaries. To implement their program with a humanizing discount. Give the bond markets what they want. Bail out the reckless so long as they are also rich. Use fiscal and monetary stimulus to make up for the absence 
of any consequential broadening of economic and educational opportunity. Sweeten the pill of disempowerment with a touch of tax fairness, even though the effect of any such tax reform is sure to be modest. This is less a project than it is an abdication. <laughs> you should listen to the words of your professor. Uh, the guy sounds slightly drunk. Well, <laughs> he's out there slamming uh, his student, the president. I mean, if, if you had a student that became president, you'd be like, you know, thumping your chest a bit. And then it turns out to be this guy like, oh, oh crap. I knew Tommy would never turn out to be good. <laughs> I mean, Barry. So anyway, there's a little news item came up. We, we talked about Rodney King. Yes. You know, did. and the we fact did. it's maybe part of some bigger scheme to incite right, race violence and whether it was with, whether it was two to the head. And then this little factoid comes out I didn't realize until after we did the show that apparently Rodney King, who drowned in his own pool, was a swimming nut who taught swimming to black kids who felt that he felt they didn't know how to swim enough. He was a swimming instructor. Does this make any sense to you? In fact, I have the uh, report here from our national treasure, NPR. It's a sad irony that Rodney King, who'd been an excellent swimmer since childhood, drowned in the pool he so loved. When I spoke with him in April, just before his memoir was published, he said he was aware many black folks were not water safe. That's one of the reasons why I got into swimming, because I know a lot of black people don't swim, and I know a lot of them go out to the water and don't make it back. For King, the water was a second home, an escape from his multiple scrapes with the law and his battles with substance abuse. I've gotten to have so much fun out on the water. Um, I get my peace of mind when I'm out fishing or something like that. I like to throw that pole in the water. And uh, hit a lot of the lakes out there where I live. Yeah, I find. Uh, I think one of our producers because it goes like this: the two assassins come in. They say, "What are we going to do with this guy?" I don't Let's know. Drown him. Hey, he's got a pool. Let's <laughs> drown him because everybody knows blacks can't swim. <laughs> wow! Wow! You, my my friend, you, my friend, are really bad. <laughs> they must have been. Uh, like Russian hitmen or something. Boneheads. Yeah, losers. Someone, someone's in trouble for that. There's phone calls. Yeah, it's. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely convinced. I was kind of, you know, these things happen. But now I now I'm we're convinced. That, it's like I'm totally convinced he was murdered for some reason. So are they just withholding on this? And because you know now Trayvon Martin is being ramped up again. That's back in the news, right on time. So let me see. Let me just count them all. We've got uh, Trayvon Martin uh, back in the news with George Zimmerman, and that's being spun every which way. We've got uh, Eric Holder being a racial move. Or I'm sorry, what was the term used? Ethnic, an ethnic move. And I think all we need now is just to time it right to have, hey, man, Rodney King was killed by KKK or some crap like that. Yeah. Some bull crap. Yeah, or the cops. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. The cops. Right. Yeah, it's disturbing. Well, at least we're all looking out for it. Yeah, we're looking out for it. <laughs> <laughs> so what? We're looking out for it, man. Come on. We're looking out for it. So uh, right. I'm, uh, I'm keeping my eye on Rio Plus 20 as a part oh, yeah. of our Agenda 21 ongoing investigation. 
So they've agreed on a uh, draft development plan. No, none of the none of the uh, global warming people are happy. In fact, they're extremely unhappy since this has all now been uh, focused on finance and it's no longer about uh, global warming. Those use, those words are no longer used. Of course, the word now used is sustainability. Sustainability, very very important. Yeah, that is the key. That is the meme. So um, a couple of. Uh, I got to figure out what the name of this outfit is. Let me see if I can find it here. A couple of folks from, who are they? C-Fact, not heard of this outfit before, went to a kind of like a pre-meeting of Agenda 21. Uh, uh, Charlie Foxtrot Alpha, Charlie Tango, C-Fact. C-Fact. Oh, C-Fact. C-Fact. So they went to the ICLEI meeting um, and ICLEI is the International Council for Local Environmental Initiatives. This is all a part of Agenda 21 and this was in Brazil. So there's a lot of people there from Copenhagen and you know, a lot of Europeans and this is kind of the first stop on the way to, uh, to Rio where they have their little sub meeting and they all get set up and it's all, it's all a part of Basically, taking everything away from you, government great, government good, go live in a box slave and shut up. And they did something very interesting, which I think we need to do a lot more of. Not Well, not you and I, because, you know, we got more important things to do, like watching C-SPAN. But they uh, went around this uh, conference and they asked these people, could you explain what sustainability means? Yeah, I'd like to know myself. Well, here's their answers. It's a nice little compilation. Uh, to get um, some kind of... Um, to to raise the amount of Copenhagen using bike. And that means... Uh, to, 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 to raise the amount of Copenhagen use of bike. <laughs> um, to, to obtain that, we have... Performed that three years. More and more people uh, are used to, to think in, in this systemic approach, and, uh, and that's a good thing. Then uh, reducing the economic, the ecological cost. But we have to to answer the the whole systemic and holistic uh, dimension of the problem. Uh, the whole systemic and holistic dimension. <laughs> To the daily transport, and what we would like is that that 50% of the Copenhagen's use the bike every day. Okay, so in your own life, think about what makes you happy. Oh, <laughs> what makes you happy is sustainability. To obtain a sustainable development, we need to lower the emissions in the cities and the communities of the world. And a very simple interpretation can be enough for all and forever. (laughs) Enough for all and forever. That's sustainability right there. That would be it. That's it. She nailed it. Enough for all and forever. So these guys, CFACT is a a troublemaking organization. I'll say. But you have to admire them for that. Certainly. Um, this is, seems to be a lot of uh, retired professors, uh, and the, this is not doesn't have any of the big name, uh, you know, something that stands out. They're obviously financed by the car companies in Chevron, apparently, uh-huh. and a few of these other operations that you know have a, you know, people always moan about. Well, the oil companies, yeah, it's because the oil companies are paying for that. The oil companies have the same right as anybody else to tell their story. Um, anyway, it looks like a pretty funny group because they apparently caused a lot of trouble at the Copenhagen event. I like it. 
Yeah, it's, I'm sure there's a lot of good stuff in here that nobody pays any attention to uh, at all except us. Uh, well, I see fact. And meanwhile... Uh, I was more looking at the Blue-Green Coalition or the that group that I talked about in the newsletter I sent out, uh, which is just a creepy group of phony labor plus environmentalists, which just makes zero sense to anybody who's ever been involved in union activity. Well, I got a better one for you. Here's a group that you got to look out for. The International Conference on Degrowth in the Americas. Degrowth. No, this is a good one. 20 years... I can spot a good one a mile away. <laughs> 20 years after the Earth Summit in Rio, the linkage of sustainable development, which we can't explain, to economic growth requires profound rethinking. It is what not, does that mean? I don't know, but it's, there, it's on the homepage. It has not offered a convincing solution to one of the most dramatic crises in history, how to avert ecological collapse while enhancing social justice and improving life's prospects. Enough for everyone and forever. In advance of Rio Plus 20, our conference seeks to challenge and move beyond the sustainable development agenda. Oh, a degrowth perspective will help us visualize and build towards a truly prosperous world. What, do you, what, what is degrowth? Is that like you have and to shrink? Is this a joke? No. Because, I, because their, their logo is a snail. Their logo is a snail. <laughs> A snail, and it shows the snail in South America moving its way up to North America. And it's, it's a stupid snail with a smile on his face. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Degrowth? Degrowth. Or as Haiku Herman would say, degrowth. We must have degrowth in Americas. About degrowth. Wait a minute. Let's look at what is about degrowth. What is degrowth? Oh, here we go. This is not an economic depression nor recession, but a decline in the importance of the economy itself in our lives and our societies. Wow. This is not the decline of GDP, but the end of GDP and all other quantitative measures used as indicators of well-being. This is not a decline in population size, but a questioning of humanity's self-destructive lifestyle. What? This sounds like a club I need to join. That sounds like a, like like fascism. This is not a step backwards, but an invitation to step aside, out of the race in pursuit of excessiveness. Oh, I'm all for this. This is not nostalgia for some golden age, but an unprecedented project to invent creative ways of living together. Well, yeah, more lesbians, obviously. That would be better. This is not degrowth imposed on by the depletion of the biosphere's resources, but a voluntary degrowth to live better here and now, preserving the conditions necessary for long-time survival of humanity. Wow. These guys are dangerous. This is not an anti-modern movement, but a neo-modern movement based on respect for the values of freedom and equality. Mm. This is not eco-fascism. Does it say that? Yeah, keep going. Wow. But a call for democratic revolution to end our productivist, consumerist model of society. Uh, well, this I'm all for that, that. This is that line right there is the, is the real key to it. I'm all for this it. This is a bunch of communists trying to destroy the Western society. I'm all for it. I'm, you know, unplug. Unplug. Neo-modern. It's not I'm, anti-modern. I'm it's unplug- neo-modern. I'm unplugging right now. I'm gone. Okay, Bye. <laughs> Turn off the net.
Let's degrow. Why extol degrowth? <laughs> wow. Why do we need the word degrowth? Or oh, there's a French word for it. Decroissance. Really? I was I had a croissant for our <laughs> breakfast. Decroissance. Et bonjour, je m'appelle Adam et je practice le décroissance. What a great word. Uh, it's a harsh word that attacks the root of most of our problems, the quest for continuous growth. My well, they already goodness. had their event. It was in Montreal yeah. on May 13th and 19th. We didn't hear anything about I it. I didn't get the memo, no. There's a bunch of papers, though. If you go conference papers, you can probably read all these. Is society just degrowth? Is society is socially just degrowth compatible with capitalism? Would be a good one by Karen Bell. Degrowth and regrowth: the story of the New England food and farming. Hmm. This is quite awesome. Overpopulation and the vicious circle principle. Hmm. That should be a gem. <laughs> degrowth, Black America, and restorative justice. That's ominous. Well, you Another know, governance kicking democracy's growth habit. Can I just say something, John? Looking at our donations for uh, today versus uh, Sunday, we're on a, a fine degrowth path. We're on a degrowth mechanism, <laughs> yes. Right. Donating to no agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Well, we do want to thank a few people for helping us on show uh, 419. Um, Sir Todd Simons in Brisbane, Queensland. Dame Melissa and I are getting married on the 22nd of June. Could I get a wedding karma shot for the day and our future together for that day? Uh, all the best to Adam and Mickey for their upcoming oh, weddings. Thank you so Sir much. Todd. Absolutely. You've got karma. Some nuptial karma. Jason Geary in Kokomo, Indiana, $110.20. No need to mention the show unless you really want to. Uh, what show? Was it in there? I didn't see it. I told you on Twitter that I appreciate your reply. Push me over the edge to donate. Happy Father's Day to you and both of all the listeners. Thank you. Raymond Williams, Lafayette, Louisiana, $100. Terry Marengo in Chicago, $100. For Tony and Kate Marengo, loyal listeners in Chicago, the city that has more Americans shot this year than Americans shot in Afghanistan. <laughs> Deploy the drones. Yay! Woot! Gregory Wilcox, Sir Gregory Wilcox in Phoenix, Arizona, 7777. He needs a Ching Ching Karma. Oh, Ching Ching Karma. Hail the foot. You've got karma. And Andrew Lamessini in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Ah, we barely made it. 6969. Couldn't secure a trailer's brother poo-pooed the idea for you and gave me a dirty looks for going off half-cocked and suggesting it. Maybe he's right. I meant to approach the neighbor myself. It was still too far for, him, for you to drive anyway. Yeah. But I got distracted by an avalanche of karmic bullsh crap. At least I learned my lesson. Hoping it'd be the first night of the croissant neuf and asked <laughs> Buzzkill Jr. to find a place to put ass forces on the coin. That's actually uh, Eric the Shill. Yeah. In honor of the great lady that started it all. Assforces.com, uh, everybody. Carrie Shun was the person that's kept us started this. Uh, that's right. Damien Tainments or Damien in Perth, our favorite city. 6969, and that'll be our 6969 rundown this week. Calling out all PSB members who listen and don't donate as douchebags. Douchebag. Also uh, calling out Kirsty Ferguson, while not technically a MILF, deserves what one hot MILF baby call out. Uh -huh. 
That's one hot milf, baby. And uh, he finishes with adios mofos. Uh, Jonathan Rowling, Hinton, Alberta. A uh, long-time boner, first-time donor, started job as a machinist. Everything is in order now, and I need a girlfriend. <laughs> Seems yeah. to be our main use uh, of this that's thing. That's what the show is all about, getting you laid. Uh, thanks. Love the show. Uh, so give him a Hey Citizen Karma. Hey, Citizen. You've got karma. L.A. Alejandro Vasquez in Westminster, Colorado, 5555. Five, Sir Russell Williams in Boise, double nickels on the dime. Bruce Class in Valencia, California, double nickels on the dime. Been donating dollar per hour for at least a year now, but I figured I should re-up my Minuteman status. I don't want my membership to lap, lapse. Hope this helps get through one of the slow summer weeks, and today's a definitely a slow summer week. Today's the first day, or yesterday was the first day of summer and the longest day. Now that it starts to recede. Thankfully, I don't need the karma right now, so can you guys sprinkle some on the show? Thanks again for doing what you do. Yeah, but let me just tinkle a little here, a little karma tinkle for us. You've got karma. William uh, Edelin in Jacksonville, Florida, 55. After a brief email scuffle with an IBE union douchebag shill over your newsletter on Leo Gerard, I'm compelled to donate. I wonder what that was all about. He never detailed it. But, you know, IBEW, another one of these. If, these yeah. unions have all been, this is like the public relations business. They've been all bought up. By the way, uh, outstanding newsletter that you sent, uh, uh, I think it's Gerard, Leo Gerard, uh, who is uh, truly one of the most powerful men in the universe. And you had a nice, actually, I, I would like to turn that into a, a standalone uh, blog post. Yeah. It, it was worth it because you had some good information about how the, you know, the union, and by the way, I don't think you or I are anti-union, but, you know, these unions are not necessarily there no, to help the workers. No, but they're now being put together the way they've done with the public relations firm. We used to talk about Hill and Knowlton and all these different, they're all owned by one guy. I mean, yeah. there, there's two major companies that own every advertising agency and public relations firm. Omnicom and WPP. Yeah, and then there's a third one, which is the French one, that has a, a bunch of... Publicis, yeah. publicis. And they're the third great one. But Des the fact is, these guys own all. I mean, this, con, this has just got conflict of interest written all over it. And the same thing's happening with the unions. They're just buying them up. Uh, ben, uh, so go read the newsletter if you haven't read it already, people. Ben Doosling in, uh, I think it's Doosling or Doosling in Ottawa, 55. Don't spend it all in one place. We won't. We can't. Adam Wiesner or Wiesner. Wiesner? Wiesner. Wiesner, I'd say. Wiesner. Montauk, Wisconsin, exact amount I had in a change jar. I'd like some job karma. I wish to uh, wish Kyle Kenzel a happy birthday. He's celebrating on June 21st, and he came in with 5353. You've got karma. Uh, Rich Semmel from uh, parts unknown, North Carolina. 5150, enclosed a late Father's Day donation. My intentions were to donate sooner, but I've been too busy working just to get by making payments on parental student loans. Oh. Uh, no karma on his previous donation. However, I did receive job karma for two of my daughters who landed employment after graduation in San Francisco and D.C. This time I asked for a little job karma for my third daughter so she can just get by too. Her <laughs> husband starts uh, law school in August and they'll be relocating to a new city in North Carolina. Also, please give a birthday shout out to my upcoming event. We got that. Uh, keep up with the good work. Let me give him a little bit of karma there. You've got karma. Sean Pyle, 
$50.09. He hates the slide whistle, which we didn't play, but now he's reminded me. Maybe I will. $50.09. Says, hey, dude, because he knows I hate that. Last week's job karma failed. Uh Uh-oh. I blame it on the fact that John was not at his home base. What? Yeah, probably when you were up in Port Angeles. That was a while back. Can yeah. we please try this again? I need some jaw. I need some John playing his coconuts de-douching karma. I don't have the coconuts handy. I uh, need to get rid of all the negative vibes and score a new job. By the way, what happened to the second half of the show? We're going to have to stop calling Adam Crackpot if he doesn't start giving us some news about chem- chemtrails, harps, <laughs> harp devices, earthquake machines, releasing the swine flu for the government to kill us all with vaccines. So I just give him a good karma. <laughs> and some deduced karma. You've been deduced. You've got karma. Counteracting Jared Reynolds, uh, counteracting Sean Powell's Gerald Reynolds in Port Angeles, Washington, my neck of the woods, with $50.07, negating the negative vote for the slide whistle. Um, go slide whistle. I'm a listener back from the DSC day, so I hope you win. Mm-hmm. It's my 37th birthday on 621. My parents gave me $100. I'm splitting it with, with you due to my longtime bonerdom. I'm also going to <laughs> do a 12-12 a month as well as try to make it up and get the best Oryx delivery list and help the best podcast in the universe. Jared from Port Angeles, give me a train's good, plane's bad karma. I'd also appreciate it if you could figure out a way for Mimi to make me a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> he misses the deli. <laughs> All aboard, train's good, plane's bad. Woo-hoo. You've got karma. Make me a sandwich, Mimi. <laughs> Korean in Korea, $50.07. Would that be south or north? I guess south, right? I would hope. Yeah. It would say something if it was in north. I'm next to broke. I really shouldn't be blowing my money on luxury items like karma. <laughs> I'm tired of being a boner. And I just, I guess you guys keeping yourselves hostage really got to me. Uh, actually, as a Korean, there are a few things I like to comment about. First of all, I think Adam is spot on about the cyberbully internet censorship fiasco because the exact same thing has already happened over here. In 2006, it became the first and only country in the world to impose the real name internet identification system, which required any media, UCC, or portal sites with more than 300,000 users to verify the names and citizen ID numbers mm-hmm. of anybody who wants to post anything on their sites. Mm-hmm. In 2009... That was expanded to any site that has north of 100,000 users along with 150 other websites that provide posting and commenting services. The reason the government and its whore media (laughs) gave us this latter modification was the epidemic of celebrities killing themselves over the horrible, terrifying, evil comments left by bloggers. Oh, wait a minute. I feel a meme. Think about it. This will be great. So we can see, like, and the first one to go is Kim Kardashian, obviously. She's already talking to Oprah, like, oh, I'm so depressed. It's so horrible. Wouldn't it be great if we had all these douchebags killing themselves? Yeah, well, of course, what would really be happening is they'd be, there would be executed. Well, duh. As part of the scheme. Well, th- this to is. Do exactly what happened to Korea. Korea was just a test. This is a script. I like it. We keep our eye on that. Yeah, we'll see when the first one goes from bullying. Then I have a name I can't read, which is Royo Golda Racina, with a bunch of characters I can't come across here from, uh, I don't even know where they are. $50. Sechen, Sechen? Sechen Wu? No, it's, it looks like... Sechen Wu! Sechen Wu! 
It's Zach and Neil Pomorsky. We need to know where this is from. Yeah, we'll have to do a follow up. Maybe I'll get Buzzkill Jr. to do something. To do his, to do his job and do like his help job. us That's out what here. the hell this is. Yeah, help us out here. We'll give Roy, 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 Roy a, another shout out. Philip uh, Geaton, or Greeton, Geaton, I think. In Florence, South Carolina, fifty dollars. That needs to get a, he needs some getting laid karma for a thirty-one-year-old virgin who's really getting into shape and looking for some romance. What? what? <laughs> Can we love be a little this show? More I don't know if I need a deducing or not. I've been a five-dollar-er for a while, but I've never donated enough for a mention before. Well, well, just for that comment about the thirty-one-year-old virgin, I'm going to deduce you. You've been deduced. You need to wash off, my friend. Uh, Jason Ashmore in Newmarket, Maryland, $50. Hey, guys, count me among the new listeners that came on board after Adam's appearance on Twit. Oh, there the we go. We made 50 Now that bucks. I'm a no agenda listener, I can't go back to listening to the other podcasts. <laughs> yeah, it's troubling. It's the second time we got a little yeah, It's like troubling, this isn't it? Yeah. Uh, please keep up the twice a week schedule as it covers my commute to work perfectly. Indeed. If I have to go back to listening to endless Audible and Ford commercials, I'm kind of losing my mind. Uh, donating $50 in true John Galt value for value Thank style. It's only been Thank a few you. weeks, but I think I could use a de-douching. And please give yourselves a shot of karma to keep the new listeners' donations coming in. That's beautiful, man. Thank you. You've been de-douched. As for this, by Ayn Rand. You've got karma. He said John Galt. The phone is in there. Yeah, he he threw in a John Galt reference. So that's what you get. And deserved. Thomas Lee's London, London, London. Uh, $50. Many thanks for the great show. Please uh, send karma to my dad for Father's Day. Died last year, age 46, from cancer. So this is beyond the grave karma. Thanks, Tom. Absolutely. You've got karma. We got a, a make good here. Yeah, you want to read that? Yeah. Hey, Adam and John, I made a donation that was mentioned on Thursday's show by note. Wasn't mentioned, says uh, Levi. Keep up the good work. Uh, here it is. I just made a Reader, donation. Yeah. Uh, 6969 and PayPal being the doofuses that they are didn't let me leave a note. Anyway, uh, here you are and you're welcome. If, you could, if I could get some getting laid karma, that would be great. I'm getting married on Saturday. So this karma will come Hold to- on a second. He's getting married on Saturday. What does he need? Get laid karma as part of the deal. Well, maybe you uh, maybe he wa- getting, <laughs> maybe he wants to get laid. You need get laid karma. You're I, just getting married. I, I think th- I think he yeah, wants to get laid. I think he wants here. to get laid before the wedding. You know, like a send off. No, I don't think so. If that could, wouldn't be right. If I could get some getting laid karma, that would be great. I'm getting married on Saturday, so this karma will come of good use. I'm telling you, he wants it before the marriage. Could you yeah. possibly take a moment, introduce yourselves in your best radio voices to my bride, Caitlin? I need to get her to approve of you guys so I can give you more value for value. Levi Brederland from Gitmo Nation, uh, Great White North. So wait a minute. He's getting married. He hasn't gotten laid. And she doesn't approve of the show yet? Well, this is going to be the shortest marriage. Okay, let's try it again. Hey there, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak. Hey, Caitlin. Uh, We uh, want you to approve of us. Indeed. And and give it up to your man, will you? 
Do you think that's going to work? <laughs> do you think it's going right. to? Do you think it's going to work? I don't think so. No, she's not going to like us ever. There was one that was a little disturbing thing. So, as you can tell, we are a little light today. Uh, of course, that part of that's June. But I was very happy to see new executive producers. So I'm not really complaining. But what bugged the the crap out of me? You know the Knight Foundation. They, uh, I guess they're they're from Knight Ritter or one half of Knight Ritter. They have a, a, a this this foundation. They hand out grants to uh, journalistic projects. And so uh, here we are, you know, we do a value for value model and we take a grant from the Knight Foundation. Is there, are, there, are there strings attached, do you think, to the Knight Foundation? Yeah, grant? You know, I, the more I talk to people that know all about this, yeah, they say you take one of these grants and you are beholden. Oh, really? Oh. And they and then they dog you. They give oh. you like nothing. They give you like a nothing. And then they're dogging you. Yeah, you didn't do this right. You didn't talk about that. You didn't do this or that. They're, they're oh, always, really? always strings attached. I, I, I think you can get a genius thing from the MacArthur people because they, they already like what you're doing. You're obviously toeing the line. You're doing exactly what they want. Hmm. And they'll give you money after the fact. But generally speaking, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a lost cause. Well, so they're handing out $50,000 grants. And the 50000 has to last you 60 to 120 days, which is pretty decent. That's a good grant. That's a, that's a, that's a very good grant. Who's the name of this group? The Knight Foundation. Oh, yeah, those guys. Yeah, the Knight Foundation. Yeah, they're Knight Ritter, yeah. So I, so I, I look at, you know, so now, do we get anything? Do they even approach? I mean, I, I'd like to at least be offered so I can deny it. Do we get anything? No. But what are they just giving a grant to? The University of Nebraska's drone journalism experiment. What? Yeah. Drone journalism. What does that mean? Well, let's click on the link. Let's see what it is. Drone Lab receives Knight Foundation prototype grant. Knight Foundation announced today UNL's Drone Journalism Lab is one of the first to receive a new type of grant from the organization called a prototype grant. $50,000 $50,000 will be used to test drones for reporting as well as research. It's like you can buy a drone for 300 bucks. Oh, so this is the way I, let me, I, let me guess. The idea is you start this program up and you have your, the little newspaper or whatever it is in the college paper. They have their own drone. They have a drone pilot. And then some riots are breaking out. Some Occupy movement is taking off. So you t- send your drone over the facility and you take photos and then you run those pictures. That's the drone. That's got to be the only possibility. Uh, let me see. The scope of the fund. Let me see if it actually says the cost and time required of quickly testing projects, particularly digital ones. Yeah, that'd be digital video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, drone journalism. Professor Matt Waite will lead a project to research and experiment with drone vehicles as potential tools for news and public data collection. Oh, please. See, this is what I mean. Here's the definition. The idea that small unmanned aircraft can be used to gather photos, video, and data for use by journalism. Journalists. $50,000 for a $300 thing from... uh, Sharper Image? No, not Sharper Image. They're out of business. What's the other one? Brookstone. It's 300 bucks and an iPad. Oh, what an outrage. It's an outrage. 
Well, there's no information being provided to the public to help them get through their day. Where, in all honesty, we actually do drone journalism because we've been reporting on drones for four years. You want real drone journalism? We're telling you exactly what's going on with the drones. Do we get a grant? No. That's okay. We're just getting by. Dvorak.org. Slash N-A. So, so a couple, one other thing I want to mention. We, uh, uh, Buzzkill Jr. dug up this article in, apparently in Quora, which discusses uh, the way uh, other cultures see Americans. And maybe we'll talk about this a little more after the donation segment. But there was one thing that kind of explained something. Uh, apparently, the in India, uh, they uh, when they did a study of the Indians, you know, the Indian subcontinent, hmm. they were uh, shocked Shocked. The Indians were shocked. None of my friends back in India believe me when I told them that you can literally buy anything, including food, and return it within 90 days for a full refund, even if you don't have a specific reason for doing so. So this explains a lot to me. The Indians are essentially, they won't let anything, they, they, won't, they don't return stuff. So in other words, they, they'll sell you a bad product <laughs> and you can't bring it back. So everybody's very suspicious. And, you know, the Indians are notoriously cheap. They've said so themselves on this show. They never donate to, to our show, even though they all speak English, and many of them listen to the show. And the only ones who've ever donated live in the United States, and they've gotten a little clue about this. But I think this idea that you can't return anything, so in other words, the, so your whole life is a sucker's game. Get somebody to buy something and then, and then screw them, as opposed to us. We, we, you, know, you can take your stuff. Whatever you buy at Costco, you can take it back like a month later, and they'll give you your money back. Anyway, that's just a little aside. Just my little anti-Indian rant. Yes, Very good. (laughs) I just want to make sure. And then finally, uh, Sir GQ. Gents, this karma thing is legit. Remember, he asked for karma on on Sunday. Uh, He had, uh, he was doing a job karma with like some, what was it, medical board or something. I went and I totally messed up the board so badly. I walked out of the room afterward, put my head under the faucet of the sink. Five minutes later, I was called back in and told I was recommended. I almost blew my cool and asked the dude who was leading the shindig what the hell he was thinking, but I decided simply to thank you, that a thank you to you would suffice. I'm already a $33 a month donor, but I'll give you guys some kickback when my pay jumps in. So that's nice to hear that the karma is legit. And now let's hit it for the birthdays. It's your birthday, birthday. Congratulates Kyle uh, Kinzel today on his birthday. Rich Semmel, a happy birthday to him. He celebrates on Monday. And Jared Reynolds congratulates himself turning 37 today. Happy birthday from all your buddies here at the ever-expanding team here at the No Agenda Podcast. All three of us and Mimi in charge of sandwiches. We've got uh, we have uh, we got to basically a knight the garrison, uh, John. The, yeah, uh, Sir Boroslav Marinov. Yeah, get the get the big knife out for these kids. All right, Yasin Marinov, Simeon Marinov, and Darren Marinov. Come on, boys, come here, Neil. Thanks to your father, who is obviously a knight of the Noah Jenner Roundtable. He is putting the garrison together, making it complete for you. I hereby pronounce all three of you. Sir Yassin, Sir Simeon, and Sir Darren, Knights of the Noah Agenda Roundtable. We got comic books and Jesus juice for you. <laughs> Sorry for the Michael Jackson reference. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> 
That was weird. Yeah. Uh, uh, you got hit with the ray. <laughs> so. Uh, well, I'm looking over this list of crazy things that when the outsiders look at Americans and they don't live here, they've never been here. Yeah. I'm going to read a couple. Of them. They're kind of funny. One, uh, I think this is a guy from Portugal, drinking age. I think I think everyone in Scandinavian countries feel this way, too. Drinking age, couldn't get over the fact that we had a drinking age and it was enforced strictly. Yeah. Some people are, like, amazed that we have spray oh, it, cheese. <laughs> that is one of the best American inventions, I have to say. You can drink the water from the tap. She isn't ashamed to have a bastard child. You never paid a bribe. You haven't spoken to your family in more than a month. These things are all shocking. <laughs> Boobs. Boobs? <laughs> Insisted American women had larger breasts. Like many romantic straight Spanish men, Pasquale is always not perversely attracted to the female form, but just mesmerized by it. I had to keep him on a tight leash when he went to a softball game. It's a lot of weird, and we don't think much about this stuff. No, I, there's entire weeks that go by that I don't think about that well, stuff. Well, that's because we don't care. We, we, they, apparently, the Europeans and some of them are shocked by our underdressing in cold weather. Here's something that would shock them. According to a study, Americans' heads are getting bigger. Steroids. Oh, yeah, there you go. That's a good one. Uh, well, the, the report says it's not clear why. Medicine, cars, supermarkets, but the skulls of white Americans and perhaps of other races and nationalities have become slightly taller and roomier, according to forensic research. New measurements. Well, this brings back the, uh, I think it has to do with show business. Uh, yeah, because you get, you got to put that crap somewhere. We don't have no, enough you, room. You have this theory about the big head. Oh. You forgot your own theory. <laughs> yeah, if you have a big head, you'll be successful on television. Yeah, it's not a theory. It's science. It's a science. fact. It's a, fa it's a fact. I'm telling you. Science. science. <laughs> All right, actually, I wanted to talk about uh, Syria for a second. Well, maybe a little more than a second. Um, so we know the... So the the basic script that we applied in... Well, let's just take Libya as, a, as, uh, as an example is uh, you get the two douchebags on opposite sides of the aisle. You get John McCain and Joe Lieberman, and they have to push it. And, uh, and they push for, a, you know, basically no-fly zone uh, and uh, remove the regime. And we all know by now that this is essentially the Saudis, who we are helping, who want to provide oil and gas to Europe, and they want to thwart Russia who, of course, have a their own legal... They already have a business going. Yeah. They, so Russia's got a business going. That's got to be stopped. And it's got to be Saudi oil and gas. That's what it's all about. And that's why we're basically well, in the a Saudis proxy war. Well, the Saudis are in competition with Russia. Russia has as much of oil as the Saudis. And that's the, those are the two big players yeah, in that part of the world. But it's obvious whose side we are on. Yeah, well, which is interesting because, you know, why? I mean, those are the guys who dropped our Twin Towers, but we're on their side anyway. I mean, what's there must be some something else going on. Oh, because everyone's on the take from those guys. Come on. By, by the way, Duh. did you see the press conference or the meeting that, that Putin had with Obama? Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I didn't even clip anything from it. I, no, well, you don't need clip. I saw yeah, his, you, his you body language. Talk about. It's got nothing to do with the clip The body anyway. language? The body language. Yeah, Putin was like all the way back. Kind of like falling out of the chair. Yeah, like what's up with you, douche? Yeah, but like arrogantly so, I'd have to say. Kind of like, all right, son, what do you want to tell me? That's the way I read it. Putin arrogant, huh? Let me hmm, write that down yeah. as a possibility. So, 
So um, douchebag John McCain, who is the ultimate sales guy for the military industrial complex, um, he speaks at the AEI, which is the American Enterprise Institute. Yes. Now, this is a an interesting outfit, the American Enterprise Institute. There, I guess, is, a, is this a big neocon outfit? Are these the guys that uh, write? Yeah, the, it's another front organization for. So they write the, the scripts. The right. Yeah, they write the scripts. And I just want you to hear the words as he's talking about, uh, well, he's, just, he's warmongering and getting us all set up. And uh, here we go. Turning loose special units and plainclothes militias to massacre men, women, and children, as happened last month in the town of Hula. We are now seeing a rapid increase in Assad's use of helicopter gunships. Whereas his forces once sought to clear and hold ground, they now appear to be under orders just to kill anyone and everyone <laughs> they deem a threat. Yeah. There's every reason to believe that Assad will continue to escalate the violence, mm-hmm. more massacres, more use of helicopters, and perhaps worse weapons after that. Now, let's get some good language in there, Johnny boy. Meanwhile, Assad and his forces continue to be rearmed by Russia and Iran. There are reports of Iranian operatives on the ground in Syria to help Assad with the killing. Just making that up. Russia apparently continues (laughs) to ship heavy weapons, including, as Secretary Clinton has stated, the very helicopter gunships that Assad is currently using to strafe and bomb civilians. Now, we know, of course, that uh, this whole gunship story was one big fat lie, but he has a new spin on it. Whether these are new helicopters or old ones... (laughs) that Assad sent to Russia to be refurbished and have the blood washed off of them. (laughs) Hey, Boris, wipe the blood off of that helicopter, man. It looks like crap. Is a distinction (laughs) without a difference. This guy's unbelievable. There are now reports that Russia has dispatched two ships and a unit of Russian Marines to reinforce their naval base at Tardis. And they're also delivering additional anti-ship and anti-aircraft missiles to help defend the Assad regime. Okay, so 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 that's basically it. Uh, uh, it's so bad they have to wipe the blood off of the refurbished helicopter. That's what. They're, so they're not actually getting refurbished. They're just going. There's so much blood and gore. No, they got the big washing machine that, that they <laughs> that, run through in Russia. They don't really have one of those in the. No, no, they, they, they got no hoses. So you know they got to wipe the blood off in Russia. So uh, now, how do we? So, the, so now, he, now, this is a good speech, actually. That I was very interesting to watch this. So now, um, what do we we need a reason to circumvent the uh, uh, the United Nations uh, Security Council. Uh, we know what it is. Uh, we know we just have to basically say, "Hey, man, this is just like Bosnia." So here's McCain uh, doing just that. And Moscow rejected it and shut down the UN Security Council. What has changed to make things different now? What the president does not seem to realize is what President Bill Clinton came to understand in Bosnia, that a diplomatic resolution in conflicts like these is not possible until the military balance of power changes on the ground. Oh, really? As long as a murderous dictator, be it Slobodan Milosevic... That's a Slobodan Milosevic to you, John, but you're an idiot! ...or Bashar el-Assad... 
believes he is winning on the battlefield. He has no incentive to stop fighting and negotiate. The same is true for the regime's foreign supporters. For whatever the reasons, and despite destroying Russia's reputation in the Arab world, the Russian government has stuck with Assad for 15 months. Okay, so that's, uh, that's basically the ploy of how we're going to circumvent it. Now, how are we going to do it? Well... We've been saying this for a while. Turkey are the boys who are going to do it. And McCain um, accentuates uh, the plan. This is exactly what we should be helping the opposition to do. Okay, write it down. Everyone take notes now because you can see this unfold in real time. Rather than insisting that we cannot act militarily without a U.N. Security Council resolution, as the Secretary of Defense recently asserted, we should follow President Clinton's example from Kosovo. We should refuse to give Russia and China veto power over our actions and instead work outside of the Security Council to shape a coalition of willing states with a legitimate mandate to intervene militarily in Syria. So a coalition of the willing. Many of our allies are willing to do much more, but only if the United States is with them. As one regional official told the Wall Street Journal last weekend, the Turks in particular are looking for, quote, the ironclad backing of the U.S. and others. We there we go. So that's all we need to do. And, of course, that'll, that could happen under a Chapter 7 resolution if Turkey is uh, attacked. So a little false flag would be very easy for them. The, and more, the more I listen to this guy over the last, I don't know, year, the more I, I just shake I hadn't said, did this country dodge a bullet when they didn't elect this character? Woo! Yeah, no kidding. That's okay, because his buddy Romney will be the next president. And now, now how tight they are. You know, there's another thing let, that came up. I have a clip. Can, of, I, can, I, just, uh, can I just hammer it home with, with his last little closing comment? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. Yeah, because, you know, again, we have to remember why we're going to ignore the United Nations Security Council. Why is that, John? Because... It, because we can? <laughs> because it's just like Bosnia. Oh, yeah. It's just like a Clinton's Bosnia. Yeah. We have a Democratic president now. We had a Democratic president then. It's genocide. It's mass slaughter, which Kosovo had nothing to do with any pipelines or anything. Nothing. Oh, please ignore any of that. It's just like Bosnia. Syria today is indistinguishable from Bosnia in the 1990s. <laughs> indistinguishable. It doesn't, it's exactly the same, exactly the same. With one exception. Oh. In Bosnia, President Clinton finally summoned the courage to lead the world to intervene and stop the killing. There you go. The only thing that's different is our Unbelievable. president. Unbelievable. Yeah. This guy is a, the worst warmonger I think I've ever run into. Douchebag. So I'd like to fight, get to the bottom of this, too. This is an interesting little story. Re, play the McGurk clip. Who's McGurk? McGurk was the guy that Obama picked to be the ambassador to Iraq. President. Iraq. And, he, and then a scandal ensued. President Obama's pick for ambassador to Iraq has withdrawn his nomination following Republican opposition and claims of inappropriate contact with a journalist. Brett McGurk had come under fire from Senate Republicans oh, over yeah. revelations of a racy email exchange with a Wall Street Journal reporter while he served in Iraq in 2008. McGurk and the reporter, Gina Chan, later married. Chan resigned from the Wall Street Journal oh, last yeah. week. Oh, yeah. Now, this was the propaganda 
And uh, in order for her, you know, so they couldn't testify against each other, they had to get married. Well, that's fine. But the uh, guy was qualified to do the job or whatever. Who was the Republican that, that, that submarine the thing? Uh, they, they never mention any of these details, by the no, way. No, no. McCain. McCain. Oh, duh. There's that douchebag again. Oh, but you know what, John? It's all okay. You know, because the marketing is in, the marketing has started. A Hollywood star. Angelina Jolie has donated $100,000 to aid the Syrian refugees. There <laughs> yeah. you go. I was wondering who they're going to sign to that yeah. job. No, well, no, you know she's got the gig. That's her That's her beat. That's her turf right there. That's uh, That's what she does. Oh, yeah. Now, of course, I have to say, got to give him props. Ron Paul is the only guy saying stop the idiocy, stop the crazy. Plans, rumors, and war propaganda for attacking Syria and disposing Assad has been around for many months. This past week, however, it was reported that the Pentagon indeed was finalizing plans to do just that. In my opinion, all the evidence to justify this attack is bogus. Bogus! Yay! If only he would have used the word bogative. That would would have made my day right there. It should have been bogative. That would have been just so much better. Well, you know, we could go on moaning about this and say setting this up, but you know, it was already predetermined a by, decade ago. Yeah, yeah. By uh, with the clip that we play and play Wesley, and play. Wesley Clark. Yeah, we're not even going to play it. No, we're not going to play it. Wesley Clark has Syria on the list, or they gave him the list, and Syria yeah. was on it. So Syria's on it. I mean, what are we supposed to do? It's it's on the list. So I have heard from uh, the uh, the Syrian television producer. He says he's working on. Uh, on the trip to Damascus. Um, and the feedback from uh, producers of this program, uh, our listeners, is diverse, John. And I'd like to give you a little sampling. Yes, I'd be interested in this because I can counteract most of it, I think, I hope. Okay, Mohanad says, Adam, here's a message from one of your Syrian boners on the show. Yes, you have many listener in Syria. If they don't donate, then because, first, most of them can't afford it. Second, it's not that easy to transfer money from Syria and has not been easy for over a decade. I'm a boner of your show. And since John stopped doing the Cranky Geek Show and, to be honest, never missed any of your shows except the clip show. Yes. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Yes, your show helps to sleep in long nights. Maybe it's John's voice. (laughs) I'm a Syrian student. Uh, With regards to the invitation to fly to Damascus, I support the opinion of John to go there and do the show from there. It would be a real exclusive thing. Adam in Damascus. Yeah, there's a biblical thing to that. I'll give you a little background about the NBM broadcasting station. It belongs to the Amal movement in Lebanon. They're one of the allies of the Syrian government in Lebanon. So probably you'd be a guest of the Syrian government if you fly into Damascus. However... It would be wise to send an email to the official MBN headquarters in Beirut, and he has a number, uh, and ask him if the person with the telephone number you have really worked for them before you find yourself in the middle of nowhere. I believe that... <laughs> that, no, that would be funny. Yeah, hilarious. I believe that person really does listen to the show, but they try to present you as a former MTV star and now as a rebel against the West mainstream media. So don't be offended if you mention the MTV thing. It's a cultural thing from that region to connect you to some big thing like MTV at the beginning and afterward taking uh, talking about your no agenda activity. Uh, then try to avoid saying 
here we've fished a blogger or someone who does a podcast, but instead we have a great personality of the big known MTV, blah, 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 blah. So if you explain your pipeline theory there, it will be propagated as part of the conspiracy and the opposition will make a counter comment about it, maybe describing you as a crazy person. But the final result is more publicity for no agenda. And go for it, dude, which is Syrian for dude. Uh, Black Knight Eridadarian, I have family in Beirut. They will take good care of you. I've been there many times. Say the word. Everything uh, and everything for your stay will be taken care of. Well, that's comforting. That's very nice. So if I choose to go the Beirut route, uh, Sir Thomas, Adam, listen to the show a day late. I've been to Damascus, a different world there, my friend. Things are under change now. But when I was there a few years ago, the folks were warm and welcoming. But somehow I always felt I was being watched, probably because I was getting there as you worked out is not difficult, although getting the visa for the visit may be difficult. Uh, Beirut would be my choice in the end. Although, if you go to Damascus, the crazy horse is the place to be. <laughs> uh huh. Okay, I'm writing that one down for the itinerary. And then finally, uh, Patrick from Gitmo down under. I may not be the, des- the best donor, but hope to do better. The Syrian interview is nuts. These people invade countries. They kill thousands of women and children. Ever imagine doing that? Stepping onto Syrian soil will take you off the grid, off U.S. soil, away from U.S. law. Whilst flattering, your thoughts on Leviathan are there for everyone to listen to on show 381. An interview in person isn't required. Who has the money to fly you out anyhow? Have they, haven't they ever heard of Skype? Do a twit on them. Mickey needs you around. Come on. You must be an awesome chess player. Do the math. A bit of flattery, a free ticket. You do strangely well at fighting evil. We are all being educated. The show should be mandatory listening for all journal students. Up for adventure? Ever tried dodging bullets? Don't do it, Adam! <laughs> so that's a, uh, a smattering. That's an unusual uh, a response from one of our listeners. Yeah, like... That is, I agree. It sounded like it came from the State Department. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Well, we'll see if he gets back to me. I had a couple of notes that came into me, too, that I didn't... Put aside, but didn't respond. It was, to. Uh, you know, the people that that have been to the Middle East or that have floated around, and you know, it's it, it's they're not concerned. It's people who don't get out much and who have been kind of scared to death by the media to be being holed right. up in their house or homes. Right? Uh, you know, they project and they think it's a dangerous situation. It's it's probably no more dangerous than driving down East Fourteenth Street in Oakland. Which may actually be more dangerous. Now, that actually would scare me. Yeah, I wouldn't be doing that. So, uh, Mickey's still, she, she, Mickey's like, I'm coming with you no matter what. I'm like, you know, listen to what John says. He's giving you good advice. It's going to be painful and annoying for you. Yeah, I, I mean, she, I mean, if you, she wanted to go, I mean, I'm sure that they, they could accommodate the both of you. Uh Mono would make the crazy I'm, I'm horse sure, event. I'm sure there's a I'm sure there's a hole big enough <laughs> to accommodate the both of us. But uh lie yeah. in this ditch. <laughs> ditch. Where'd they go? I don't know. I'll take the uh the big bottom. You know, I, I, I fell asleep during Twit. Did you did you mention the big bottom for some reason? No, no. Uh uh Leo went off on a tirade. About what? About you and the big bottom. Why? He says, you know, 
He just did it just to get some converse, interesting conversation going. It was it was it was in good humor. Yeah, sure. Adam's got you know it's obvious. He, he's pumping up his voice. He's got this huge voice. It's huge. He says he's he's running it through a big bottom. He's got a big bottom, which is a device that we've talked about on the show, which yeah. is your uh, yeah, ear. I have a big bottom, and here. he says, and I know he's got it turned all the way up to huge bottom. Oh man, that's my huge cojones, dude. Yeah, well, he can do that. So he was, he, I don't know what his point was. He was just, uh, I don't He know. just went off for no reason? He just went on about your voice and, and the fact you're using a big bottom and it's just to make your massive what, like, sound. Like I'm cheating? Rawr. Like I'm cheating or something? We have he never a, said cheating, but yeah. I think it was an impl- implied. We have all kinds of... Uh, his voice can't be that big. We're actually using a warsanus. For those of you who want, people always want to know, what's your podcasting rig? I don't have a podcasting rig. This is the real deal. This is a studio, which was bought and paid for with producer money, which is great. And the Warsanis actually stole from the uh, from the station that went, uh, that uh, after I did the whole pedo bear thing in Holland, they, they took down the station. And the, look it up, W-A-R-S-A-N-I-S, I think, Warsanis. And it's a, it's a magical box that makes our entire sound. People never believe that you're on Skype well, until it craps out. But, you know, you sound pretty good. I'm actually running you through the big bottom. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hey, girls. Looks like um, Gardasil is uh, turning to a new market for the HPV vaccine. You can wa- wait for the marketing to come out. They're, um, they're now start starting up a conversation about women over the age of 26 also getting the HPV shot. And um, I think they're trying to figure out how to approach this market. Because right now it would be, um, what is it, off list? What do, you, what do you call that? If it's off. Off, off, off label. Off label. There you go. Uh, yeah, there's been a bunch of people here and there. I keep hearing, oh, she had, oh, she's, she just went to the doctor and she didn't have cancer. She didn't have cancer. I keep hearing this. How many? I think they're they're scaring the crap out of almost every woman out there with uh, cancer fear. I think we've discovered how they did that with this yeah. phony machine. But uh, I want. I, I, I next time I hear that, I'm going to ask him about. The, did you take a shot? Yeah, well, let me just reiterate for people. I don't know why who are, I'm not paying attention to this. No, well, people who are well, because you're not a woman. People who are new to the program uh, would just like to uh, mention how the script goes. So, the Gardasil and the company that makes the new um, HPV testing machines, which is a high throughput device, they're rigged to give a lot of false positives. So the way it works is uh, you get tested. And then it gives you a false positive. Then they have to do a biopsy, which is not without danger, which is not without pain. It's very uncomfortable. And then, you know, they'll make you sit for a week and get all freaked out. You, it could be precancerous, precancerous, precancerous. Uh, and then uh, finally the results come in. Oh, you're so lucky, but you might as well get this shot just to make sure. And that is uh, essentially the script on how, they're, uh, on how they're selling this to you. And it's, uh, it's disgusting. And by the way, on girls, I think the... One of those episodes of that show that brought up the HPV. I didn't clip it, uh, but now the gay guy. Remember the girl who who had HPV and she accused her her ex boyfriend of giving it yeah, to her. Yeah, we actually had a clip of that. Yeah, we had that clip, but they brought it up again. Oh, and he says, "You're right. I had HPV. I gave it to you." So what? now, oh yeah. So now the gay guy oh, has. Oh yeah, that's another. Oh, that oh, yeah. show is the worst. <laughs> 
Now, one of our producers here from uh, Texas, uh, producer Josh Beck, he went a little crackpotty, but I like what he came up with. It turns out we have uh, a potential West Nile virus here in uh, Plano, in Plano, Texas, just down the road. And uh, the city is collecting samples and, you know, they're advising the four D's to uh, to the slaves of Gitmo Nation. Up the road, by the way. Up the road, yes. The four D's to protect yourself. Now, now, uh, West Nile virus comes in a mosquito with a little bow on it, nicely packaged. So if you want to protect yourself from West Nile virus, you need the four D's. Avoid going out between dusk and dawn. Make sure you dress appropriately and drain any standing water. But there is a fifth. It's called insect repellent that contains DEET. Now, what do you know about DEET? Well, it's a chemical you spray all over yourself and then mosquitoes don't like and they won't bite. It is diethyl meta. Tolamide, and it has, and this is what our producer found, it has some interesting side effects. Yeah, you don't want to b- bathe in this stuff. Side effects. Now wait for it. Side effects include altered mental state, parathesis. Oops, what is parathesis? Mm-hmm. And on individual, even developed grandiose delusions, you can become verbally aggressive, irritable, and belligerent. So, I think we need to be very careful with the DEET. Because you could become belligerent, and if you're yeah. belligerent... That wouldn't be good. Then you're ripe for the drone. It's also uh, slightly toxic for cold water fish such as the rainbow trout. <laughs> Damn them trout. Uh, I don't know. Breaking news this morning. I've only uh, been able to look at these documents uh, briefly. And for all the grief we give the the lamestream media, the one thing that they are able to do with their resources is file Freedom of Information Act requests, the so-called FOIAs. I'll give them that. And uh, so both the New York Times and the ACLU had filed uh, Freedom of Information Act requests against the Department of Justice or with the Department of Justice and the CIA for information on targeted droning of American civilians. And uh, this just came out this morning. I have the documents here. You'll find them in the show notes, 419er.nashownotes.com. The response uh, from uh, the CIA and from the Department of Justice speaks for itself. This matter involves the government's significant efforts to be open and transparent on the one hand and to protect against the release of information harmful to national security on the other hand. The Freedom of Information Act represents a balance struck by Congress between the right of the public to know and the need of the government to keep sensitive information in confidence. The consolidated FOIA requests at issue here seek multiple categories of records relating to the alleged U.S. government use of targeted lethal force against U.S. citizens and other persons associated with al-Qaeda and other terrorist groups. 
The issue surrounds the U.S. government's use of lethal force are undoubtedly of the utmost public concern. Really? And for that reason, officials at the highest levels of the executive branch have carefully analyzed the various interests at stake. One result of that analysis has been a series of speeches by the State Department legal advisor, by the Department of Defense General Counsel, by the Attorney General, and the Assistant to the President for Homeland Security and Counterterrorism have set forth for the American people the legal analysis and process involved in the determination whether to use legal force. At the same time, the executive branch deliberations reflect the reality that plaintiff's requests implicate highly sensitive records. For example, to enumerate and describe the records responsive to the FOIA request would tend to reveal whether or not the Central Intelligence Agency is authorized to and does in fact directly participate in targeted lethal operations. Yeah, that's the whole point. And whether or not the U.S. government possesses specific intelligence information about particular individuals. I could go on, but the bottom line is... You're, you're not you good. You're not getting it. They're saying, yes, the only thing we can say is that we have video files of Brennan and Holder saying that we use drones. That's the only thing they're willing to release. Nothing else. <coughs> Interesting. So, so there's probably more people on the drone list to kill. I don't understand how the left wing progressives can can tolerate this presidency. What exactly does does left wing progressive mean, John? What what the hell does that actually mean? Socialist. Uh, okay, thank you. So why don't you just call them the socialists then? Well, they don't like that t- term anymore. Well, who is a socialist? Who's a socialist? Yeah. Tom Hartman. Tom. Yeah. Tom. Yeah. Uh, the whole uh, Democracy Now crew. Okay. They're all uh, left-wing progressives. Oh, okay. they, they would admit it. Okay. All right. Um, all right, good. United Nations investigator on extrajudicial summary or arbitrary ex- executions. This is an investigator on extrajudicial s- summary or arbitrary executions. Says the United States drone strikes may challenge international law. Duh. Killings may be lawful in an armed conflict, but many targeted killings take place far from areas where it's recognized as being an armed conflict. No conflict. So what are they going to do about it? Nothing. You won't even hear about this. Remember, you heard this on a podcast. Yeah. Why are you listening to this on a podcast? Yeah. Uh, And then when this was kind of interesting. I was reading, there was an article in, uh, I think it's the China, what is this, the China Daily? Is that the, uh, yeah, ChinaDaily.com, about the new Silk Road, which... Uh, you know, by the way, before you go on, the, the whole Silk Road meme uh, in and out of China is ludicrous because there's like, there must have been 50 of them. But anyway, go on. Well, Just every time you turn around, it's a Silk Road. Well, the one they're talking about specifically is a railway. And uh, here's the description of it. And they're building pieces of it, although in some parts the track gauge is different, which is just hilarious. Oh, that's funny. Uh, so they're calling Change it, the wheels. Uh, yes. A land bridge that traverses more than 10,000 kilometers through China, Central Asia, and Eastern Europe before arriving at European trading hubs Rotterdam and Antwerp. The whole trip takes about two times, uh, two weeks. The route is expected to benefit more than 40 countries and regions by taking less than half the time and enjoying a similar reduction in cost, half, uh, with trans- uh, than transporting goods by sea. Uh, other routes under the Eurasian Land Bridge, that's the technical term, 
include an earlier one that consisted of the Trans-Siberian Railway and the Russian seaport of Vladivostok. Yet another rail link considers connecting, by the way, that would take it through North Korea, connecting the southern Chinese city of Shenzhen with Rotterdam. And uh, so the interesting thing is that another one doesn't take you through North Korea. Vladivostok would then it would t- the seaport. Yeah. North Korea is not not near Vladivostok. It's right across the water there. I don't No, it's not across the water. Yeah, it is. Yes. It doesn't run through North Korea. Vladivostok is within spitting distance of North Korea. Well, go on with your story and I'll look it up. Go look it up. We are, I know this because there's a pipeline that they want to build between the yeah, two Yeah, we points. know it about the pipeline. But so, the train doesn't go through there is what I'm no, saying. No, I'm sorry. No, the train doesn't go through there. But it, anyway, I shouldn't have brought it up. The one thing that you notice, if you look at this, um, this train, this route that they're proposing, and that's in the show notes as well, it has to go through Belarus. So I do one Google search on Belarus, and oh yes, headline, Belarus may be providing Syria with deadly military technology. (laughs) It's like anywhere you go, (coughs) there they are bringing up some terrorism crap. (laughs) Oh, Belarus. Belarus. You know, I have to say, the Russians and I think the Chinese also must be besides themselves with the phony baloney information, because we always accuse the Russians of propaganda and all they the rest. They suck at it. They they and, suck. And we're like good. And they, and we're also accusing the Chinese of human rights. And we have the most prisoners in the world. I mean, it's like the, these these groups would say, "What? What are we doing wrong? We can't get our message across." They fact, need they can't to even hire get their message. Any they, their message is hopeless. They need to hire the Curry Dvorak Consulting Group. I know they listen to us because I look at Russia today, and they brought in that chick that is definitely cute. You know the one I'm talking about? No, I don't. You know, I, I, the, the last time I saw Russia today was that clip I showed you of Thom Hartman. That was it. I don't catch Let me, it. Uh, no, she's cute. Let me just see uh, what is her. She's got really long legs, but she well, does that's a plus. No, 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 because she wears pants. What? Yeah. They make her wear pants, and she uh, and she can't read. Her read is so horrible. Let me just find. She can't read. No, they need us. They desperate. You know, you and I could take any beautiful woman and turn her into an instant uh, television news a media superstar. sensation. <laughs> a media sensation, I tell you. You know, no. Instead, they've got Max Kaiser. Okay, they've got Thom Hartman. They've got the Julia and Julian Assange show. You know, it's like, eh, what is this girl's name? Hold on, let me let me just look at the YouTube videos here. Russia Today video. She's very cute, and but she's not blonde. Well, that's a plot problem. And there's plenty of blondes in Russia. Let me see if I can. Uh, where is she? Hmm. Does this, maybe the chat room knows what her name is. No. Something with an M. I'm just looking at the previews on uh, on YouTube, but I, none of the thumbnails show her. So I'll, I'll this woman you can get off of this cuteonly.com. Oh, hold on a second. It's a Russian, <laughs> I guess it's a bunch of uh, single Russian girls for love and marriage. 
I bet you Cute. only. There's about 10 girls on here that would be out. In fact, this one. How about uh, uh, Yana? Yana, we could turn her into a superstar. Or Katya. Look at Katya from Minsk. Minsk. <laughs> Look at her, man. Look at her. <laughs> yeah, I am Katya from, from Minsk. Yeah. She's a non-smoker, non-drinker. I was thinking Arena from uh, Arena? Oh, let me Donetsk see. on the right. Uh, I don't see her. No, oh, Irina, Irina. Ooh. Oh, yeah. No, she has, a, she has, look, we can give her a, de- no, she has, her nose is a little off. Oh, yeah, you're right. Her yeah. nose is too big. We she could give her a degree job. and put on a sleeveless. How about um, Veronica? She might be a little better. She's not blonde, but she, she has that smart and look about it. She's got the right look, and yep. she could be bleached. Yeah. You and I could turn any one of these, she can be, it can be bleached. <laughs> oh, honey, we got to bleach your upper lip a little bit. Just to... <laughs> it will be sad. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Yana. Look at Yana. Tell me Yana is not perfect. Let's see Yana. Look at Yana. No bleaching required. She's five foot four. We'll just make her sit down. Well, they keep moving these around. I, I refresh she has, She's a little. She's a journalist. She's a little Hollywoodish. Hello, hello. Yeah. She's a journalist. Bachelor's degree in journalism. No, she might work out. She needs a little be beefed. She yeah. Uh, yeah, bachelor's degree journalist. That's a good thing. She's perfect. She doesn't belong to any religion, so she's not a religion. She's a non-smoker, social drinker, and I can sit still. This is what she, this is her ideas about me. I cannot sit still. I love to translate ideas into reality, like the grandiose projects, like a mad. Uh, she sounds like a nut, but she likes journalism, advertising, photography, and travel. Perfect. Yeah. Good. You're hired. I'm telling you. Hello, Vladimir. Vladimir Putin. This is a message from the Curry Dvorak Consulting Group. If you want to improve your propaganda, you need to hire us. We are the guys. We know how to do this stuff. Okay, yo. Maybe that whole Syrian trip, maybe that is like a, a, maybe they're vetting me. That's a pot. You know, they may be just dragging you over there so you could do some some consulting on the side. The, the, but that would mean they're trying to get it for free. It's not not like. The, oh, yeah, like well, no, you know how to. You know I'm not how doing to deal with that. I, I need to you take know a, when they're trying to get it for yeah, free. Yeah, I need to take our PowerPoint. Make sure that they're you know, not trying to bone us. Yeah, and drop that. a few off, few PowerPoints off. <laughs> I got to print up the business cards and drop a few PowerPoints off. <laughs> We laugh, but we absolutely mean this, and we're not uh, trying to be. Uh, we do, yeah. We're not trying to be douchebags about women, but if you want, if you no, want, we're su- not. This is the way broadcasters if, talk all the time. If you want a successful television network and program, uh, we'd come in. First thing we do is Assange out, Tom Hartman out, Max Kaiser great, but he needs that. You know, I like her, Stacy. The st- you know, Stacy is not a good sidekick. He needs a smoking hot Ruski babe. Two. On either side. Yeah. I mean, she's, she, I mean, she can still write for the show because she's very smart, but she's just the wrong look. And then we need, you know, anchors, man, anchors. And you need more. Whom, 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 That's what you need. The whole operation looks like a cheap production. Wait a minute. And then this one, you know, it's like, hello, I'm Yana. This is Russia Today. Today in headlines, I give you, look at my legs. I'm telling you, we can do this stuff. We know how to do this. Anyway, uh, to wrap it up for my end, John, today, Germany versus Greece playing in Euro 2012. Uh, Nice little touch, they're playing in Gdansk. 
which of course is uh, you know, this would be this is the Polish corridor it would be a great great place for a uh, a false flag event to get everything started again. Uh, but I am still hold. I know that you're on. Uh, you're still holding to Spain. I'm still holding to Italy as one of the final parties in the Euro 2012, based on geo uh, socio political um, theory. Theory. Uh, Associated Press getting into the game. By the way, they've done a whole analysis uh, about. Let me see what the title is of this uh, article. Excuse me, I throw up in my mouth. Uh, oh. Could not find the path requested. Thanks, Yahoo. Um, Europeans get some relief with Euro 2012 wins was the title of it. So they're like, now they're trying to rip us off. But but instead, we're actually predicting. Um, So Russia is out, interestingly enough. Yeah. So, so I think it. Uh, you thought you thought they were going to be in. I thought it was. I thought it was Russia, Italy. I think it'll be Germany, Italy. Now that's kind of where I'm going. Yeah. And, and you no. think Germany? Germany's Spain? out too. They're not going to let them win anything. They'll get upset. What's the current? Uh, what's the what's the breakdown? What's the games coming up? Let me see. I can tell you. Hold on. Let me just. Uh, by the way, you can go to our discussion tree on the matter, which is. Um, Euro2012.curry.com. Uh, let me just find. Uh, let me see what's coming up today. Okay, here we go. We have the matches. There's they got the the UEFA. The UEFA website is pretty handy for doing this. Okay, tournament. What UEFA? UEFA. Well, it's you got to dig down deep. UEFA.com. But I have it launched. Okay, here's the tournament map. Uh, today we have uh, Czech Republic against Portugal. Portugal wins. Yes. Okay. Then, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Tomorrow we have Germany versus Greece. Greece wins. That's the upset. No, Germany wins. Okay. Well, I'm not. Gonna, I wouldn't put money on that one. So I'm um, not as sure about okay, that so, one. Okay. Well, so well, well, hold on. Let's, let's, let's just write this down. Hold on a second. Let's write this down. So you yeah, say Portugal wins from Czechoslovakia. I'm saying Germany beats Greece. The Greece need to shut up. That's why. Okay. That could be. I'm just uh, predictions. Predictions. I'm putting this in the show notes. Okay. Then we have Spain versus France on uh, Tuesday. That's where I think Spain will win. Spain beats France. And then we have England versus Italy on Wednesday, and that will be Italy beats the U.K., do you have any different uh, opinion? Uh, well, I do have the Greece. I'm going to stick with Greece. You're sticking for Greece. So, John, you're saying Greece wins. And I'm and just to be a contrarian, I'm going to pick England. Really? Because I want to get this Italy thing out of the way, and I no, think now's the time no, to do no, it. No, 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 no. This is the whole reason why they have to win. <laughs> I know what you're saying. I'm saying Spain is going to win, and so Italy's got to be taken <clears> out sooner than later. You don't want them at the end. Okay, we've got it. We're good to go. Place your bets. Are you taking Are you Germany over Greece? I'm sorry. Of course, you're I'm taking ta- Germany, right? Yes. So you're taking Portugal, Germany, Spain, and Italy. No, I didn't say that about Portugal. You said that. I think. Uh, no, I did say Portugal. Um, no, I think Ronaldo is going to throw the game. So who's so going to win? Czech Republic beats Portugal. 
Oh, okay. All right. Okay. It's done deal. Rien ne va plus. <laughs> Place your bets, everybody. Place your bets. My goodness, we went long again. We didn't even have a long we donation have segment. Long. What? We shouldn't have gone long. Well, we why didn't, didn't have you, that much? Uh, well, why didn't you shut up? You should have stopped while you were ahead. Support. We didn't get enough support to, to this show. We got 420 coming up. I remind people that if they want to, uh, especially if it's funny, we got two 420 donors that have never donated before, and I'm glad that they did. And I hope to get a few more. Indeed. And maybe some associate executive producers would be nice. Oh, yes. Okay. Anyway, I didn't mention at the top of the show, but I'm very ill from the uh, mold poisoning, which has come back to hit me. So, you sound uh, fine. Well, yeah, it's what I, I put the effort in for the show, but I've been sleeping, you know, every single day during the day. I'm so beat up. Hmm. But that doesn't matter. When there's evil to fight, we fight. <laughs> Coming to you here from the capital of the Drone Star State in Austin, Tejas. In the morning, everybody. My name's Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where, I don't know, is Twitter back on? I don't know. I don't keep track anymore. I'm John C. Dvorak. No, it's not. RSS still works, though. We'll talk to you again on Sunday, right here on No Agenda for 420. Shut up, slave! Dvorak.org slash N-A